You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Hey everyone, Nathan here. Just wanted to put in a quick word before we start the actual podcast. I normally wouldn't do an intro like this if the episode is less than a year old, and this one was recorded in early January, so it is still part of this year. The thing is, though, that when we recorded this, Gina Carano hadn't been fired yet, and we talk about that as our controversy, as her anti-vax statements. So just so you understand, the reason that we're talking about whether or not she should be fired is because she hadn't been fired yet. You can just sort of look at that as us discussing whether or not she should have been fired. And so it still kind of fits in there. I personally think that even though Disney has the right to fire her for whatever reason, I think they should have just said it was for the anti-vax statements. Taking the picture that she posted and construing it as anti-Semitic seemed a bridge too far. I'm sure they were looking for some sort of excuse to fire her. And they probably didn't want to alienate anti-vax people who they still want to watch their content. But at the same time, it's like, all right, guys, I mean, like, that's not what that picture was. It was ridiculous, but it wasn't anti-Semitic. It was her trying to say, like, she was persecuted, like Jewish people were persecuted in the Holocaust, which is, of course, ridiculous. And anything that she's got, any kind of blowback is nothing like that. But she's not saying anything bad about Jewish people in that statement. So, whatever. But, yeah. I mean, I think if Disney wanted to fire her, they should have just been straight up and said it was because she was anti-vax. And that would have been fine. But anyway, we're just now going to go into the podcast already in progress. Let's meet our cast for this week. So, first up, you know her. She's been on a lot of episodes. She's a cosplayer. She's a mom. She is our very own angel of audio, Angie. Angie, how are you doing today? Angel of audio? Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I prepared this time. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm doing great. And I'm I'm happy to ascend to, I don't know, celestial hood? <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> You always just bring a serenity to the podcast. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Angie doesn't like oh, compliments, God. everyone. No, I, <laughs> I've oh, learned I, over I, years of knowing her. <laughs> All right, so Angie, though, uh, yeah, what's been going on for you? Um, so not much. I've been reworking through the Marvel movies mostly, um, catching up on magicians, um, I found out in Utah they're going to let farm techs administer the COVID vaccine. So I haven't worked in a pharmacy in like 12 years, but I filled out all my paperwork to help save the world. Nice. <laughs> yeah. It's very cool. Yeah, I, I hope that I get to actually receive a COVID vaccine at some point in the near future, but uh, we still, I don't know yet when that's going to be. So, no. 
Yeah, I lucked out. I'm getting my booster tomorrow morning. Mm. I plan to be completely flat on my ass for like two days from what I've heard. So mm. yeah, but some people don't, some people are not getting anything. So you never know. Um, yeah, they tell you your arm's going to be sore. Uh, it's not like a flu shot sore though. Like I could not use my arm for the whole day. So mm. that was, um, but other than that, I didn't, I didn't get the headaches or the, um, the fatigue that people are reporting either. So it's not that scary. It's, it's a bit of a doozy, but it's all right. Check with me after tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll get our report from our woman on the street. Angie. Yeah. yeah. All, right. <laughs> All right. Well, that's cool. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's funny that you mentioned Marvel because we're just about to catch up on the time of recording with like our movie stuff that we've banked up. Uh, you know, like in, a, in another couple of months, we won't have any more of that. And so I was about to ask you, like, we should start watching the Marvel stuff so that we can do like some episodes like on the Marvel stuff we haven't talked about yet. And so here you are already doing it. So that is... Uh, <laughs> That's good. Well, that's because, you know, you already know, right? Because, you know, of your celestial status, so. Yes, apparently I'm prophetic as well. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, it's good to have you back on the show, Angie. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> no problem. All right, next up, he is a guy that, uh, that, that we always like to have on the show because he always brings, uh, uh, you know, some knowledge because he is a scholar, he is a lover of apes, he is a maestro of the marquee, and that is my buddy Mark. Maestro Mark. of the marquee, outstanding. <laughs> How are you doing, Mark? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm okay. You know, uh, just weathering the blasted hellscape of the pandemic apocalypse with aplomb and verve, you know? Well, I mean, if you've got to weather it, that's the best way. I think so. I think aplomb and verve is the way to go with most things. So, yeah. There you go. <laughs> All right. So, so, Mark, how have you been doing since the last time you were on, which uh, I think might have been the first Mandalorian season? Oh, yeah, I think it probably was. Uh, well, not, not to bring the podcast down, I'm, I'm recovering from the worst year of my life. Uh, but uh, in the last uh, in the last few months, I've uh, lost uh, 55 pounds. Uh, and uh, that's mostly from eating uh, cauliflower, uh, which is uh, having a deleterious effect on my uh, mood. <laughs> and I'm about to launch uh, a Kickstarter for Zine Quest 3, which is the month of February. Uh, uh, Kickstarter uh, apparently has low sales in February. And so they thought, let's open this up to the, to the gaming community and see if they want to just do some small projects. And everybody went, yeah, we do. And so uh, Zine Quest was a huge success. Zine Quest 2 was like three times as many submissions. And Zine Quest 3 is on track to be the more of the same. And so I did a Zine, I did one last year uh, called Monty Hall. And that was a four issue thing for uh, fifth edition. Mm -hmm. uh some based on stuff out of my uh my campaign notebooks and so this year i'm just doing a one shot because i've got a larger project in the in, in the works uh that's going to be a, a kind of a big deal but uh this is this is called gobsmack and it's about how to bring goblins urban goblins into your fantasy world in your fantasy cities and uh my take is that uh they're essentially working class uh, disenfranchised. They're basically South London punks circa oh. 1979. So interesting. You know, it's a lot of, you know, 
up yours and and uh what do you want kind of stuff uh huh. Yeah, it's a fun little uh, it's a fun little system. It uses some stuff that I put in in Monty Hall, and I repurposed it for the goblins. And uh, uh, right now, it's getting uh, there's a little traction. People are like, "Oh, that's really cool!" And my buddy John Lucas is doing some of the artwork for it. It's going to be uh, pretty awesome. So that, but but that uh, having a Kickstarter is a whole lot like getting ready for uh, deep sea exploration. There's just a there's just a checklist of things that you have to do, and if you if you do anything wrong, you're going to get nitrogen on narcosis and die that's you know that's it so it's life or death with without the uh without the spear uh spear guns uh, mm. other than that kickstarter's fun just, just a blast really i'm having a ball no that's awesome yeah i've never <laughs> been on that side of kickstarter i've only been on the i will put money towards this side so i don't know it, anything about it but it's the it's the yeah. devil but uh you know it's only gonna be for two weeks so that's yeah. gonna be all right no, that's actually, but that's really cool though. Like the, you know, the, the, the working the goblins in that way. I've kind of uh, made goblins like sort of the Ferengi of my D&D world. They're mm -hmm. the sort of skeezy, you know, money grubbing, like, you know, types. And so that's, that's sort of how I've uh, incorporated them. But uh, yeah, no, that's really cool. cool. Have them as the punks. <laughs> yeah. I like it. All right. Well, it's good to have you back on the show, Mark. Thanks, brother. Hey, no problem. And finally, uh, she is my co-host on Doctor Who stuff. Uh, she loves to talk about Star Wars. She is also a cosplayer. She is our very own genius of journalism, and that is Juliet. <laughs> Sorry, I meant to say journaling, genius of journaling. Sorry, misspoke. Oh, hi. Hi. <laughs> Genius, genius of journaling i'll take it I, I had to come up with something with the j i i, I was working hard on that one <laughs> it's okay it's okay so how are you doing Julia? i'm doing good you know good. uh coming off of the worst migraine of my life which lasted mm. for like solidly for three weeks and has been recovery for like two but uh i mean i'm human again which is awesome I can actually look at a screen and uh, while I can't like lean over without pain in my head, I I'm doing better. Yeah. I mean, you were telling me that you were just like waiting to like die with your cats and I, I was, was like really worried about you yeah, for a while. For, for like uh, the first week, I couldn't, the, I couldn't get out of a bed. I stayed in a bed in a dark room. I barely ate anything. I dropped seven pounds in a week because I couldn't eat. And then I started throwing up. And um, I didn't have anything to throw up. So that was, that was fun. Mm. And I was in Ohio with my parents for, uh, for Christmas. And don't worry, we had quarantined. I had COVID tested negative before I went. They quarantined as well. We saw no one. Um, but yeah, I think three weather fronts that converged at a snail's pace on, on Ohio, along with my dad being a smoker inside the house, uh, killed my head. And so they relay batoned me back home. Like they took me halfway and Corey came and picked me up and drove me the rest of the way home because I couldn't sit up. Um, but oh. I'm doing a lot better. Like my, my, work is, my work has been fantastic about letting me work half days or take days off or just take hours whenever I needed them. And they, I, I can't think of any other job that would have been this understanding about my ridiculous migraine. No, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, my boss, <laughs> my boss would have been like, uh, well, you know, uh, I'll let you have unpaid time. That would have been my boss. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, she, my, my boss will let me burn through my PTO. It's not like I'm going anywhere this year. <laughs> I mean, I put it on the calendar being all hopeful about Dragon Con and stuff. But right. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, Dragon Con's in that kind of like 
part of the year where it's like, maybe, maybe there could be widespread vaccine distribution by that time or maybe not, you know? So it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of dicey. On the upside, I have discovered two new movies, two older movies that I didn't know about that were fantastic over the holiday. And I just started watching Newsroom this week for the first time, Ooh. which is oh, oh, Okay, well, you can't just say I discovered two movies that are awesome. You got to <laughs> tell us what they are. Okay, the first one is a Michael J. Fox movie I'd never seen uh, called The Hard Way. And huh. the oh, other yeah. main actor is the voice of Hades from the Disney's Hercules. Huh. It's really funny. It's actually not bad at all. The other one is a really old, is an older Henry Fonda movie called Mr. Roberts. And if you haven't seen it, it's on HBO, I think at the moment. And it's hilarious. And I only remember, it really stuck with me because I have a friend who was in the Navy. He was on a sub nuclear submarine and he would tell stories about like how they went on leave once in Hawaii, got really drunk, decided to steal kidnap a goat from a petting zoo while wearing their uniforms and ski masks and wire cutters and they brought it back to the submarine and of course it, there was a whole thing about them throwing the goat over the because they were like i can't you know they can't take a goat on a submarine and one of them's like i can't go back to jail who apparently had never been in jail throw the goat overboard one of them dives over into the water to save the goat the, apparently the goat can swim better than a bunch of sailors or at least drunk so, well that's just science Julia. fantastic scene in mr roberts where this navy crew gets leave and as they're all coming back really drunk one of them shows up with a goat <laughs> and i had to text my friend i'm like this is the best movie i've seen in a while this is exactly what i picture mr so, yeah, roberts random right. movies and newsroom are what i've discovered okay. oh and the expanse started with its new season <sighs> yeah i gotta i gotta rewatch the last season you know it's so dense that uh I, I need the ramp up or because uh, i tried watching the first episode of the new season i took one look at it, i was like i have no idea what the hell's going on here well, i remember i remember him because he has trouble uh not punching people in the face i don't get the rest of this and so i'm really just gonna have to kind of get a running start at it i think it's yeah, great but but boy that's not a thing you want to like have on while you're doing laundry not you know? the first time you're watching it. Anyway. No, you need, I need a notebook and some Chardonnay and I need to just focus in, you know, uh, Ange gets it right with the Chardonnay. Uh, yeah, it's just, it, you just gotta, it's, it's like a narrow thing. That's actually why I'm only, I'm only two seasons in because I need to go back and rewatch them before I catch up. Uh, yeah, I don't no, know what's know. going on at all. No, it's... Uh... That's why I haven't finished Wheel of Time is I feel like I have to reread the books that I read already before I read the books that I haven't read yet because of how much stuff there is to remember <laughs> and, you know, all that stuff. So, As yeah, I make yeah. a face and realize that our listeners can't see me make that horrible face of sticking my tongue out and going, you, Wheel of Time. <laughs> Oh, you don't like Wheel of Time? No, I don't. I, I, oh I my didn't. God, you are the first person I've ever met who has read them and not and not liked them. I was like, you know what? This is boring. I'm not engaged. I don't care. And it's not like I don't yeah. like fantasy. I just like well-written fantasy. And I guess I lean toward more satirical fantasy. Thank you, Terry Pratchett. Mm. Um, but also Wheel of Time dragged on and on and on. And I'm mm -mm, not there for that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, no, the expanse, the expanse is something I'm interested in because somebody has particularly told me like that is a show that he is confident that I will like. 
that he said like it was suited to my personality particularly and i don't think i've ever had anyone tell me that a particular show was suited to my personality so i'm like i have to watch this I mean, do you like science in your sci-fi this is the show to watch read the books too oh my god the books are fantastic oh i didn't even realize there were books <laughs> oh, yeah, oh yeah the ninth book the final book is coming out later this year Oh, so they started the series before before the books were finished. Oh, I always well, hate no, that. but the, the authors knew exactly because they're they're the showrunners, so they okay. have control over it. So it's okay. Okay, yeah, because a lot of times you find that like series meander when they don't know where it's going, and it's kind of like like the books of the books that the series is currently covering have been out before the series started covering started. So mm. okay, but this is not the Expanse episode, right? No, this is not the Expanse episode. But <laughs> I, I, I was just. <laughs> just shocked to find out that somebody doesn't like wheel of time but anyway <laughs> there are many things i don't like guess what i also don't like the movie love actually oh well, i've never seen I it i don't so. watch romance movies yeah i don't watch romance movies and thankfully i have a wife that does not watch romance movies either so it is great Everybody watches it at christmas everyone's like i love this movie and i love alan rickman don't get me wrong but that's a terrible movie mm. The closest thing is uh, my wife did make me sit through Phantom of the Opera, but that's the closest thing to a romance movie she's ever made me watch. Wait, wait, so. Phantom of the Opera? Wait, which Phantom of the Opera? The 25th anniversary. Okay. Actually, we watched the movie version with Gerard yeah. Butler, and then she said, because it was awful, because she had never seen that. She it's made me watch version. the 25th anniversary like uh, DVD thing. That, Much better. Which was better. I mean, I agree it was better. But, and yeah. then you saw Love Never Dies. And then I went, we saw Love Never Dies, and that was awful. That was awful. I can't believe the same person made both of those. I mean, it's so, it's so different. It's, it's so, like, even the quality of the music, that's the thing, because it's like, I get he's adapting material, so, like, the plot is the plot, but, like, the music, even quality-wise, is worse in Love Never Dies, and I'm like, well, I, I, okay. But anyway, yeah. All right, so this isn't the Phantom Podcast either, so... <laughs> It's good to have you back on the show, Juliet. Glad to be here. Right. Derailing things. Yeah. All righty. So, um, yeah. So, you know what time it is? It's time for our five-minute controversy. And this time, we are going to talk about one that's actually related to our main topic. And we are going to talk about um, Gina Carano, who is uh, who plays Cara Dunn. Dune? Is it Dune, Dune. or Dunn? Is it Dune? Dune? Okay. Uh, Cara Dune in The Mandalorian. And... You know, last time when we talked about that character, I think Angie in particular was, you know, talking about how awesome, you know, she was because she was this, you know, strong, badass female character and everything. And the character is still really great. But uh, Gina Carano has come under some controversy lately because she is very publicly and very unapologetically anti-vax, anti-mask. Um, you know, and, and, and airing these views a lot. And while no one has said anything yet about her being fired or replaced on the show, recast, whatever, a lot of fans are calling for that uh, because of those views. So I am curious what everyone thinks. Cause you know, we live in a time now, you know, there have been actors, actresses who have been replaced, you know, you know, Roseanne Barr made some racist tweets. She was fired. Um, you know, Hartley Sawyer came out that he had earlier made, you know, many misogynistic and racist tweets. He was fired. So, you know, James Gunn was fired for half a second and then rehired by Disney. That one's still kind of weird. <laughs> but, um, so so yeah that's my question though is what do you think that disney should do do you think that it matters that she um 
is is airing these viewpoints or do you think that because of how serious COVID is that this is something where you know disney by ha having her employed is sort of tacitly endorsing her so um let's start with you this time juliet what do you think i mean i honestly think that they should phase her out i i love the character a lot i don't think they should recast her if they can avoid it but the person if, if they're willing to like fire johnny depp over allegations that have been apparently since you know been proven an issue and possibly not true I don't, I don't, I'm not comfortable with her being there. I like the, I'm pretty sure that on set, she's having to follow all the protocols, whether she likes it or not, because this is Disney and they lay, they set the rules. And I'm usually okay with separating a character from the actor, uh, just the same way I separate like the book, the work and the book from the author themselves or Scott Carr. Um, but uh I'd be, I would not be sad if they phased her out. I think that the show has plenty of other great characters, including strong female characters that we can go with. Yes, some of them are going elsewhere, but I, I feel like there's plenty of room for crossover all over the place. And we've definitely got some stuff set up uh, involving the Darksaber that I think will not be an issue for having some strong female characters. So I'm okay with seeing her phased out. And yeah, that, that's where I'm at on it. I have, a, I have a serious issue with anti-vaxxers and anti-maskers. I feel like they're a public health menace and a bunch of plague rats. All right, Angie? Yeah, uh, I struggle with this because I continue to just love that character so much. And I, you know, part of my love for her is the fact that she is so strikingly beautiful, but also just not what you, I mean, look at Ray. Ray is the same tradition of waifu that has existed for time immemorial. So the fact that, you know, Kara is this character that I have no problem believing could be a shock trooper, essentially. Um, you know, yeah, that, there, that there's was... the bit in, at the end of season one where she picks up Mando and like carries yeah. him. She like actually did that. That was there was no trickery there. She just lifted yes. the guy up. And and you know. Part of me is just so angry at her for 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 covering that cool, amazing thing with. Uh, I mean, I I'll, I don't have social media for a reason. Um, I honestly, I have a really rough time thinking that people should be fired for having opinions I don't agree with. Breaking the law is one thing, like you know. But if we're just talking about expressing an opinion on the internet that I find abhorrent. You know, I can I can choose on a case by case basis whether to vote with my dollars or move them elsewhere. Um, I have a real hard time when people get fired for stuff like that. Um, and you know, I haven't been again. I don't have Twitter. Well, I mean, I guess I have a Twitter. I don't know what the password is or how to use Twitter. So I don't. I haven't been following the controversy. Just you know, kind of peripherally, I've heard about it. And, you know, it sounds like as a person, she and I would not get along. Um, Anti-masking is so problematic. And I, you know, I, I could talk for hours and days about anti-vax and all sorts of philosophical you know, ideas about how to best engage with people who have these views about science that are, that are just untenable. But frankly, I would be sad to see her go. I, I, I would be sad to see Cara Dune go. And my personal feelings about the actress, you know, while problematic for me, I don't necessarily agree that they have risen to the level of, you know, you need to be charged with something. And, and you know, if you've broken the law, 
Like, I, I don't even necessarily think you should be fired because you broke the law, just you should go to jail and then probably be fired because you can't do your job anymore. <laughs> so <clears throat> yeah, it's it's rough for me. I, I figured this would be the controversy and I could not think of anything glib to say about it. Okay, <laughs> that's fine. You don't need to be glib. You just need to be honest. <laughs> all right, so Mark, uh, what do you think? <clears throat> well, first of all, I can't uh, believe that she opened her big fat flapping mouth and put that thought out into the world. That's the part of this that just makes me nuts. Because but she's, she's doubling down. Like if you see her social media, she's like, and she's acting like she's being oppressed and that the media is trying to brainwash everybody and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's, I, um, yeah. the, I, I actually, I'm, I'm, I'm more with Angie on this than with Juliet. Although I can absolutely understand uh, both sides of it. I do think that it comes down to um, a personal decision that that is it seems so common sense rooted that it's stupid to, to think of doing it another way. Um, I think, you know, and, and again, I just, the, if I were ever opposite her, if, if we were if we met at a at a at a convention and were at dinner with 20 other people at a table and i was sitting across from her I, this is not something that would come up because i wouldn't i i would you know i i i would i already know i don't agree with her and there's no way that she's going to convince me so i would try to find common ground rather than than uh flip out like a ninja and 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 uh make the dinner an hour and a half of not looking at her and being really uncomfortable. Um, but um, yeah, I don't think she should be fired. I, I mean, I don't think she should be fired. If she, if this was, it's it, it's different if we're talking about harassment or if we're talking about bullying or if we're talking about a safety issue of some sort, uh, like, a, like, like a dog, uh, like, the, like Polly Perrette's situation with uh, Mark Harmon's dog on the set of NCIS, you know, if the dog's biting people, then that needs to be, you know, you got to address that. Uh, it, it, but if she's masking up on set and not causing anybody, uh, you know, those kind of uh, problems uh, on the show, then I, my, my, my initial reaction is, uh, it, you know, that's not going to impact her job. You know, she's, she's required to wear a mask at job. Cool. Do that. Um, this is very and, personal for me, and I feel oh. like she's putting disinformation out there by claiming on social media that yeah. the media is lying, that this that this is basically a hoax, that you don't have anything to worry about. I have lost family members. Family members of mine have died due to COVID. Yeah. I can't, I anybody who's going to go out there and spread disinformation to me, that means that they are just, just conspiracy theorists of the highest degree, mm -hmm. right up there with some flat earthers for me. No. And she, as a, as a public figure, the way she is, she should have the more responsibility of what she, you know, puts out there. Yeah. If she wants to do it on a private Twitter or a private Facebook that's, you know, friends only, whatever, that's fine. But yeah. if I were to go out there and on the public, on my, on like my public Twitter and throw out there something that is completely controversial and my boss finds out about it, I get fired. Right. No, I listen, I, I, I hear what you're saying. And I, uh, I, I absolutely agree with you uh, regarding um, her responsibility. 
and I guess my where where it edges over for me in in this direction is um, I feel that there's enough um, counter information. You know, there's enough factual information, starting with the death toll. My condolences, by the way. That's just terrible. But starting with the death toll, that there's enough out there that I, I'm not sure that she's changing anybody's mind about anything. No, I, she's I, just I, feeding into the people and con, con, just feeding the people that already believe, and that's bad enough. I mean, I'm in Tennessee, okay. I'm in Nashville. This is not. This is a very unhappy state with our rising cases and so on, like yeah. that. Uh, yeah, I, listen, I uh, no argument. I uh, I I'm kind of surprised that Disney hasn't tried to uh, run a little more herd dogging on on their various actors and franchises and things like that. I, it may be just hard to do in the wake of all the social media. They used to keep a pretty tight leash on all that. Uh, so um, yeah, I listen. I yeah, I, I agree with you. I I. The the whole thing is is um, it, it sucks and it's unfortunate. Um, I suspect that what's going to happen is is that uh, it will be something like uh, like you've suggested that they're probably just going to shift focus away from the planet where she's the space sheriff, and uh, uh, season three of the Mandalorian will be somewhere else, and we won't see her. Uh, on Tatooine dealing with uh, Boba Fett and the criminal organization. And then, and you know, there'll be enough time between those things that, you know, maybe it won't be an issue at that point. You know, it might be a situation where, because I, I think they've already said they're not going to start on season three until they finish with the Boba Fett show. So, uh, cool, right? I mean, this th there's a whole year there now where, uh, hopefully cooler heads can prevail and, you know, she might have an opportunity to recant, you know, I, I'd be all right with that. <laughs> I'd be all right if she said I was wrong and I'm sorry. I, I, I could handle that. I'm, that I'd might... be okay with that too. Acknowledge yeah. that you were wrong. Yeah. Or at least only talk about it on some private friends list. Right. Or, or just not talk about it at all. Because uh, honestly, I... I'm, I didn't need to know where she stood on this. I just, I, this is, I, I hate to use that shut up and sing argument, but um, it just it just seems like these days, especially that idea uh, circumvents so much uh, drama and problems for people. I mean, you it's know? not even having an opinion. You can have an opinion. This is science. This isn't an opinion. Right, right, that's right. My that's my concern. Totally. And, and I, uh, but see, I'm, I wouldn't even, I, I don't talk about anything on Facebook that I would, uh, be afraid to talk about in my small town face to face. I wouldn't, you know what I mean? Like, just because, um, it's just, it's, it's too much these days. It's too easy to start a campaign for whatever reason you decide you want to have some sort of internet jihad. And so, uh, so yeah, yeah. I, I, aside from her being a lot dumber than I thought she was, uh, I, uh, I hope that uh, by the time it really becomes time to put the rubber to the road, uh, she will have changed her, her tune. 
Yeah, I mean, that's the part that surprised me is that because yeah. even with the, some of the other cases that I mentioned, like people had to search for dirt on James Gunn, you know, because and, and they right. people had to search for dirt on Hartley Sawyer because they knew once they were hired into these big franchises to stop talking about, you know, James Gunn stopped joking about raping children, you know, Hartley Sawyer stopped joking about, you know, like his misogynistic, you know, stuff and whatnot, you know, like they knew like, hey, I'm in this big franchise now. and I don't want to screw the pooch. I'm not going to do this. Gina Carano she's hired by disney and she should know better than even if she thinks this way that you know you don't just post it all over social media and so i've been i've been really surprised by it, and i've been surprised i mean i think she thinks that because because i mean we, we know because um, um um pedro pascal has come out in support of her you know um and and the the rumor is that um um favreau is trying to keep, he's trying to hold Disney back basically from doing anything about mm -hmm. it. That I think she thinks that her friends, you know, will keep her and, you know, her from suffering any repercussions. But I mean, that's bad also because I think that's just encouraging the behavior. There's also rumors that Disney has issued an ultimatum that she needs to apologize, you know, but who knows if that's true or not. So, I mean, right. all that, yeah. But, but to me, I mean, the question with all of this stuff is always, you know, are we going by what's fair? You know, because at this point, so many people have been fired for airing various views that it seems that even though I don't think people should be fired, you know, it's just fair that she also be fired because other people have been fired for also expressing, you know, views that are harmful and, you know, I mean, harmful if people acted on them or things of that nature were encouraged by them or whatever. Um, so, uh, you know, that's that's kind of where it's, it gets kind of murky for me, because I agree with you, Mark and Angie. I don't want her to be fired. And I generally think that people can think whatever they want because it doesn't affect the work, you know. And so it's like and I feel like anyone who's influenced by what a, 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 a celebrity says anyway is stupid and deserves whatever they get. But in a case like COVID, also, though, people being stupid, they don't just affect themselves. So that becomes OK, you know. So it's a yeah. hard, it's definitely a hard issue. Um, Unfortunately, to... the conspiracy theories have stopped being about whether or not Paul from the Beatles is dead or the moon landing was faked mm -hmm. or uh, the Necronomicon is real. And unfortunately, it's those, the, the conspiracies now have some very real world uh, consequences to them. Right. And, uh, and so that it, it's, um, it, it hopefully much smarter people than, than us are going to be able to kind of sort that out. Um, you know, I, ordinarily I would say, you know, uh, well, even, even, you know, four years ago, if you told me that, uh, this was a conspiracy theory that they're talking about online, I'd be just like, huh, what an imbecile, but that, but I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be conflicted about it. Like I am now with this. So, yeah. uh, yeah, that's, a. Yeah, it sucks. I, I, I hate it, and 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 we we don't have a consensus here. So clearly, right. this is one of those things that you just have to. I, I, I'm I'm gonna Our I'm gonna is she's wrong, and those are crazy oh, opinions. Yes, yeah, right. that we all agree on. But but uh, yeah, I think I think in terms of uh, uh, what's uh, what to do about it, I, I I'm gonna punt. I'm gonna I'm gonna drop back ten yards and punt and hope that next quarter, you know we get a we get better field position yeah 
Yeah, well, I mean, this has been a five-minute controversy, and it actually was controversial because, like you say, we didn't have a consensus on what should be done, and so I mean, that's the that's the thing. I mean, and it'll be it'll be interesting to see how Disney handles it. You know, like, I mean, they've let public opinion sway them before because, again, they fired James Gunn, and then because everybody was like, "No, we want him on Guardians 3, they hired him back. You know, so I mean, it's it's one of those things. So it'll be interesting to see because it seems right now that that majority of people are very much against her um mm -hmm. you know and, and rightly so for calling out what she's saying yeah um but uh but yeah but she's very unapologetic so i mean i would think at the very least just shut up you know once right. <laughs> once she's yeah. like mired in a controversy yeah. even if you think this way just stop yeah. talking but she yeah. keeps doing it and yeah. it's just like take ah. your paycheck and take a knee <laughs> just <laughs> just just run out the clock all you right. have to do is cash the check and shut up oh my god <laughs> Yeah. Go to the dark web, spew your nonsense <laughs> under the under the name, you know, uh, Mando Lover 74, whatever. Just, you know, but uh, to, to, to be an idiot in public, I just, I don't even know what that feels like anymore, you know? Oh, well. All right. Well, yep. So that's been our five minute controversy. <laughs> um, but uh, good yeah, talk. good talk. Yeah, yeah, good talk. Good talk, everybody. Um, but um, yeah, before we uh, move on to uh, talking about the Mandalorian in full, we're going to pause now for a promo for another fine podcast. Have you been searching for that one heavy metal podcast that covers all of your favorite geeky topics as well? Well, look no further. The Metal Geeks podcast is here to save the day. Whether you are into video games, films, comic books, theme parks, or even, yes, heavy metal, then the Metal Geeks Podcast is a place for you. Check us out on all of your favorite podcasting apps, and we are proud members of the ESO Network. Keep it geeky, and keep it metal. And we're back. And like we talked about, we're talking about Mandalorian season two this time on the show. And uh, we have the same group with us that talked about season one. So if you want to know our opinions on that season, you can just go back and watch that episode if you haven't heard it already. Uh, but that's good because now we don't need to talk about our backgrounds with Star Wars or with the show or any of that. And we can just dive right in. And so uh, let's just sort of talk about starting off feelings about the season overall you know just you know i mean do you feel like season two differed from season one at all and in, in any major ways and how do you feel like that the you know the, about the season and its arc and then we'll start talking about characters and things that are a little more nitty-gritty um so why don't you start us off this time mark i loved season two uh i loved it i i loved it as much if not more than season one and uh, I think that uh, what I liked about it was because you, you have an episodic show, you have the uh, opportunity here to uh, build a character, uh, in, in, you know, and, and take some time with and some space with it. You know, um, you really can't watch season two and get it without watching season one. I mean, other than the plot points and all that, there's deep stuff that happens in season one and most of it's character building. Mm 
Uh, and, and, and that character building pays off, uh, you know, if you've watched all of season one, when he gets his ship repaired and picks up some strands of weapon and goes, Mon Calamari, that's a joke. And it's hysterical when he does it, because you know, this guy's always being put upon, you know, there's, he's the most road weary guy since Indiana Jones, you know? And so that's, uh, uh, so I think that uh, having the the plot really accelerate it, it the last two episodes of season one uh, really kicked things off. And so uh, we just have enough breathing room in season two at the beginning uh, right away stuff starts happening uh, faster and faster and faster. And so there's a real uh, exponential buildup in the plot of the overall story that I think is uh, masterfully done uh, really smart and uh, there's no wasted spaces or pieces on the show. You know, there's nothing, there's nothing frivolous. They, they managed to use every part of the, of the Star Wars Buffalo uh, to make season two. You know, there's all these great callbacks without being callbacks, right? There's not, you know, there's not it that- It didn't feel forced. Right, there's not that nod and wink like, see what we did there? Yeah, it was pretty good, wasn't it? Uh, you know, we did the because in season one you like that, so we're going to do it again. They didn't do any of that. They just they just brought Bill Burr's character back because they thought, oh yeah, we need this guy because he's this this guy. And then uh, with everybody that they brought back, there there was a you know additional levels. There was more to build on. Uh, we got he was he was this cool, interesting guy with a with a shoulder gun in in season one. Now he's got a backstory. And all of a sudden he's really interesting. And, and, and that backstory matters so much in the, in the episode, you know, all they had to do was huh, keep their mouth shut, huh, a running gag. But uh, you know, he had to go and, 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 and just, you know, twist a little bit. So I love uh, how they did it. I loved everything. I was so just thrilled uh, at the way that they, uh, made it work and I should I'm just going to say this right now and get it out of the way because I need you guys to hear this and hate me just a little bit over the Christmas break we showed all of the second season of Mandalorian on the big screen of my movie theater I knew you were going there <laughs> <laughs> it was glorious I bet I have like was... a fantastic image in my head Oh, it, it, let me tell you something. That big, it looked like a Star Wars movie. And when I say look like a Star Wars movie, I mean it looked like 77. There's the lighting in that show, the, the technical uh, fidelity that they use to sort of uh, make sure that you know we're on an Imperial vessel. You know, uh, it, I, somebody uh, was matching original film colors uh because the the it's so uh spot on and i don't know if it tra i don't know how it translates on on the smaller screen but but up big like that 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 sort of flat lighting with the gray blue kind of you know imperial uh sheen to it like like everything's a fluorescent that's in there i mean if you watch the behind the scenes uh they even talk about like at the end in the in java's palace how they couldn't recreate it uh, perfectly like digitally they actually had to build part of the set yeah and they they actually pulled out like frame by frame putting every little crack into the set because they knew fans were going to be watching for it like their attention to detail is brilliant 
I'm just waiting for them to sell the 360 degree wraparound screen and then just export the digital files that they've already created for making the movie. So you can actually sit within there and look all the way around and see like the everything that's going on around you because that's coming. That's the next. I'd go over 12% for that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, Absolutely. I, I bet that that's the next phase of uh, of entertainment is uh, is exporting that so that you know everybody can have that. Or I suppose they could just do it with virtual goggles or something, some sort of like TV virtual interface. Yeah, I, I want I want the actual screen. Right. Yeah, you want to have it like all the way wrapped around, just like they have with the volume. Yeah. 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 So yeah, it, that <laughs> I saw that. Because, you know, all you guys watched the extras last time. I didn't even know there were extras. And so I watched the extras this time. And, uh, yeah, because I was like, I told my wife, I was like, well, we're watching season two. I'm like, you know, none of that's real, right? That's all, like, the holodeck. And she's like, no. And I'm like, yeah, no, you know, it's, it's it's the holodeck. It's, it's, it's depth and everything. But none of that is, like, only, like, you know, maybe 50 feet away from them is real. It blew my mind. I still can't find where it ends. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. ends. I, I know what they're doing, and it still is a magic trick that I can't parse. I think it's right. sorcery. I think it's grim, dark sorcery, and I'll have none of it. <laughs> right. So, uh, so a- yeah, we watched okay. it. And she she was like, I've got to see this. So I was like, yeah, well, they're extras, so we'll watch those. And so we did. We watched all the other ones, too. Nice. Um But, uh, but yeah, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I want my 360-degree screen. Uh, but uh, yeah, so Angie, what do you think about season two? I was trying to think of something I didn't enjoy about the season, and I think the only thing is the child's name. Other <laughs> than that, I think I enjoyed everything. I, I mean, I, I, just... I think everybody made way too big of a deal about that, though, because I was like, okay, the name sounds kind of weird. Eh? The name sucks. Come on, Rogu, whatever. You cannot so? say that. How, how is it? Yoda only sounds normal to us because we've grown up with it. Yeah. I mean, look, that's the only thing about the season I could even pick out as a negative. So I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it's not like I don't like. Uh, no, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I I loved the world building aspect so uh, so much so that I was con- I was convinced that it was Ezra coming for him at the end. And mm. actually was surprised that it was Luke. Cause I mean, I know that de-aging technology is a thing but I was totally unspoiled. And so you just see the silhouette and I'm like, man, he's got the same glove. Like what happened? I was convinced it was Ezra. And I'm like, man, they're really like pulling out the stops to make it seem like Luke. And my husband who was spoiled was just staring at me like, stop talking now, <laughs> just stop. <laughs> Harry was also convinced it was Ezra. Yeah. I'm sitting here, I see yeah. a single X-Wing and I'm like, oh, please be Luke, please be Luke. Yeah, no, yeah, I mean, I saw the X-Wing and I knew right away, I mean, Luke's coming. I mean, cause I was like, think about the time frame, And cause even when Gragu was went to the, the temple and, and, and like communicated, I was like, oh, well, who is around? at this time well it would be luke i mean luke is the one he's going to send the message to so i was already expecting but there's that. also ezra i mean if ahsoka's looking for thrawn then we got to assume we're hoping that she's looking for thrawn to find ezra so we're hoping ezra's still alive i mean it's, it's way awesome that it was luke i just i, re- I was convinced it was ezra I, it didn't even occur to me it could be anybody yeah. else so much so that i was like man they're just going out of their way to make ezra look like luke i was such an idiot but it was it genuinely surprised me. I I kept going. They wouldn't. No, there's no way. Come on, really? No, they wouldn't. You know. And then yeah. And then there was there was that 
that point where the where the lightsaber comes out and it's green i was like oh my i had God, tears in my doing... eyes yeah it was it's it was i'll tell you the last time i got that emotional was the first time i saw the uh the trailer for episode seven and the door opens and it's han and chewbacca behind the mm behind the door going we're home it's like oh my god that's amazing yeah that was that's how i felt about that that was such a uh yeah such a stirring thing uh and and such a great build-up to it too you know uh what a, what a great uh what a great climb okay so uh angie did you have anything else you wanted to talk about um just that i whoever is plotting this out i mean it must be favreau I, I find the pl the plotting out of this show to be so masterful. Like just the fact that you plopped in with this person who they're a Mandalorian. And if you have any sort of background with, you know, the extended universe, you played Knights of the Old Republic or whatever, like, you know, he's a badass, but he's a fish out of water. And he, you're kind of like, are you really a Like, you know, you've got kind of your it's kind of iffy because he's he's getting beat up by weird animals on strange planets and, and <laughs> stuff like that and then then they you know they just put you in the episode in the prison where all of a sudden it becomes so clear why he's such a badass yeah. and it's so well done and i feel like but the entire first season in retrospect is all very narrow his scope is so narrow because he's so isolated and then as as his you know range of vision expands so does ours and he's experiencing all these things all these things new but we as the audience are looking in like yeah yeah like yay katie sackoff yay rosario dawson like we're seeing things that we know and love and we're so excited that he's getting to experience them too but at the same time it works even if you're not familiar with these properties because he's seeing them brand new and you have that on train it's just so great like i love it it's it's so accessible <laughs> That's funny that you would say that because um, I, when I was watching season two, I had not seen all of the Clone Wars. I stopped watching the Clone Wars probably at the end of season one, beginning of season two. I just, th th it was too episodic. It was too cut and dry. There wasn't anything connecting there. And so after the show was over, I went back and re, I started basically at season three of Clone Wars and watched all the way through to seven and then went straight over to um rebels, uh, rebels. and uh and you know and every time i'd hit something <laughs> that paid off in the mandalorian my head would explode you know and 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 so i think i think favreau might be part of it but i think feloni is the guy that's doing all the plotting i think that's the i think he's the secret sauce there that's making this whole thing work because all of that stuff with the exception of ezra that's his toys that's that's all the stuff that he did in those shows so anyways i uh uh have since gone back and and as much as i loved it uh the first time now that i've seen you know then i have a little more of the of the clone wars history and the and the rebels history it's uh it's even cooler <laughs> so yeah okay and uh juliet what do you think about season two? Oh my god <laughs> <laughs> um okay so for the record, I had actually, because of my distaste of the prequels in general, had put off watching the Clone Wars and because of that Rebels and Resistance. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I actually had started re a full rewatch of all the movies and planning to watch all of the uh, animated versions in order. 
from start to finish. And I started that last year and I had finished Clone Wars and was almost done with Rebels when Mando season two started. So suddenly, this is all very fresh in my head when I saw this. And it was amazing to me, like Katie Sackhoff. I mean, she's always going to be Starbucks to me. And I love her to death. And to, I recognize her voice in the cartoon series. And then suddenly here she is. Oh my God, actually live action. This has got to be like the best dream ever. And according to her Instagram, uh, yes, it was the best thing ever. And then, uh, then I got Ahsoka. And when she, at the end of that episode, she's like, you tell me where a Grand Admiral Thrawn is. And I'm like, oh my God, you just mentioned my, one of my favorite characters' names for the first time in live action. And I am just all about this. Cause I was like, I was wondering who she was gonna be asking about. I figured it was somebody, you know, she was going after, you know, Gideon as well, maybe, but no, she's going after Thrawn and I cannot wait for her series. Oh my goodness. Uh, the pacing, the plot, the writing, I'd never felt like there was a slow moment, even when other people might have, I didn't. And it made me so happy. And then I have been in love with Boba Fett since I was a child. I have since high school carried around a little Boba Fett action figure. He goes with me everywhere. He's right there in my kitchen, right next to my wallet to go in my pocket or my bag when I leave the house. This is, he's always been my favorite. I didn't care that he said like three lines and then got knocked into a Sarlacc by accident. I loved him in the, the EU. I loved his backstory in that. Um, I and that was the main reason I didn't like the prequels is they retconned so much of what I loved about Boba Fett and that was my huge problem. Um, a friend got me into the Republic Commando. A episode book two makes me so angry. Exactly, <laughs> but you know, a friend got me to the Republic Commando series. I started to be more okay with clones, even if I still don't like what they did. And everybody was always like, well, "Why do you care so much about this one character when he was barely in it? I mean, he wasn't even that cool." And now I can point to Mandalorian season two and go like, right there. And to find out that Robert Rodriguez took his kids and action figures out into his backyard to storyboard this whole sequence with Boba Fett kicking Stormtrooper butt everywhere. And that's how he presented it. They really were like grown men playing with their action figures to storyboard this yep. entire series. And of course, I'm a Luke fan. I dress up as Mara Jade. How could I not be? I didn't like Luke until Return of the Jedi though, you know, because <laughs> nobody likes whining. <laughs> But suddenly this is like Luke at, at peace. This is Luke at peace for the only time we've ever seen him peaceful in his life. You know, this is five years after Jedi. He's come to terms with many things. He's okay with everything. This is well before his jaded, you know, stuff in, in the sequels. And for the first time, he just looks okay with everything. And I was just like, oh my God, I'm gonna cry. I did cry. Like I had tears his entire entrance sequence and then he, the doors opened and it's Luke and they just, I just bawled. I couldn't help it. <laughs> I love the fact that the story pays off with the, the relationship between Grogu and Mando. The fact that Mando just throws everything out the window because and takes his helmet off in front of everybody because no, that doesn't matter. Also, I liked finding out that no, I wasn't insane and he was not like, that was not how Mandalorians were. They're a crazy religious sect. That made me feel much better. And Bill Burr, holy hell. Um, if nobody knows what Operation Cinder was, that was intense and awful. What the, that, that was like scorched earth Palpatine plan right there. And it was not cool. And the fact that he, because the Imperials were based, Palpatine said, if y'all can't protect me and if I die, kill every single person important on those planets that supported me because they don't deserve to live anymore, including Imperial troops. And they sent Imperial troops to do a lot of it. So I felt bad. 
I thought for sure he was about to burst into tears at that table right before he shot his old commanding officer. He looked like he was about to cry. And that acting blew my mind. Just the acting in general. Mm. I love this show so much and I can't like, I have nothing bad to say about it. That's the best part. Oh, the music during the, uh, the uh, Dark Troopers, that weird, that awesome industrial music sounding stuff. It went on my running playlist, just so you know. Oh, wow. Well, <laughs> I was a little disappointed by the Dark Troopers. I thought that they would be a lot more terrifying than they actually turned out to be. And it was kind of like, no, nah, we can wrap them up in 10 minutes. It's, no, you, you, know, you, you mean a... you didn't find it frustrating or terrifying that they just were about to crush Mando's head through a wall without I mean, any issue? It was really quick. Like they beat them. I mean, they just told like, well, first they spaced them, then they came back. Okay. And they just hold up somewhere and waited for somebody to come rescue them. It was kind of like, eh. I wanted a lot more like Terminator E terror there of of these things, relentless, unstoppable, you know, all that kind of stuff. That's okay. But, you know, I got my trio or my foursome of badass women over 40 marching through the hallway, <laughs> not a single one of them wearing heels kicking ass the over 40 part is great because i hadn't even thought about that i just <laughs> that's why i'm laughing is that they are yeah you're right yeah, yeah yeah that's great oh my gosh <laughs> like, was 38 am i wrong huh hmm? i thought katie sackoff was 38 is she 30 i could oh, swear uh, she's older than me yeah i thought she was older I mean, than too but i mean I could the time be wrong. has to be older than 40 but so you, i think it still counts but yeah i think katie sackoff isn't quite <laughs> all right but uh oh, yeah. but yeah she i mean in 1980 she is 40 oh. but uh oh so she's my age interesting um so um so for some reason i thought she was older than me too but um by a year or two um but uh yeah so i mean everybody said pretty much a lot of the same things i would you know i i think the plotting on this show is really great and for a show that is so standalone in the episodes like the fact that they create these sort of overarching plots kind of that feel like how do I say this it's standalone but it's not it's like this weird sort of mishmash almost the best of both worlds kind of thing of each episode feels very distinct it's not like a show like Star Trek The Next Generation where the series is the series and you're watching the episodes and they feel very much similar except for some, you know, isolated episodes. Each one is very distinct, but it is all part of the same story. And it feels like things do change and grow over time and that there are developments that matter. And so I think that's very interesting. Um, the one thing that I was going to say, and I was kind of kind of interesting listening to you guys, because it's kind of funny, go back and listen to the episode we did on season one, is, you know, two of the things that we talked about that we really like about the show is A, him not taking his helmet off and B um, that they're not really referencing anything else in the star Wars. It's set in the star Wars universe, but they're not feeling the need to bring in like characters and things that are references to other series. And I have to say, I, I was disappointed by both of those things this season. Um, I, I, I understand that they introduced the idea that it was just a, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, that he's part of just some like small group or whatever as a way to sort of transition to where Pedro Pascal can take his helmet off. I don't care for it. 
you know, I, I, I always resist this notion that Hollywood has that you have to see the actor's face. I thought that was one of the strengths of the show is that they didn't do that. And while you can justify the one on the Imperial base, the one at the end, he should have walked somewhere else with Gragu. I'm fine with him taking off the helmet in front of Gragu. I am not fine with him taking it off on the bridge full of people. Hmm. You know, like he should have moved somewhere else. I thought it was some growth for his character, some yeah. accepting that, you know. But, but he has he has been this way his entire life. You don't like just give that up. Just because you meet somebody else that says, oh man, you don't need to do that. Oh, really? Oh, okay. You know, no. hiding in a sewer and it was huge for him to take that off. In fact, he wasn't going to until Grogu reaches up and put, touches the helmet. That's right, Nathan. He's taken his first step into a much larger <laughs> universe. And so, you know, you have to... You have to allow for the presence of the force now, see? Uh, that's the kind of thing that uh, breaks down walls and uh, removes barriers and obstacles, like also, the helmet. give me all the callbacks. From the moment I saw a crate dragon, I was like, is there going to be a crate dragon pearl? And there was a crate dragon pearl. You give me all the awesome Star Wars things and I will be happy. Bring in some parts of my EU. Do it. It was, I, I think, I think, uh, season one and season two are different things though uh nathan here's and here's what i mean by right, that. and season two is to launch all those other shows that they're doing and i get that now that we've had the announcement it's kind of like you know we're putting our pieces in place to launch the other shows i still think mandalorian would be the stronger for keeping it as a very standalone thing and letting them have all these other things that are very referential you know because i liked that i liked it being like this is the story of this you know sort of bounty hunter and just his adventures that right. you know aren't part of this larger universe. They're part of the universe, but they're not like he's not the focal point, and he's not doing these yeah. big galaxy wide. And he's not going to become the king of all Mandalorians or all of that kind of stuff. And I was kind of, you right. know, I'm kind of disappointed that they've gone there. Well, I think that season one, he's got room to breathe, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that in season one, the, you know, by only by focusing on him and having it be really about him and, and his relationship with the child, and one or two other people, uh, we, I, we, we, we get to know him uh, much more deeply than if this were an ensemble piece. In the absence of that in season two, we don't need to know him because we, we, we got eight hours of him you know, already, which is why Mon Calamari works so good, you know, um, but uh, for for what he's doing, which is, you know, the sort of the plot of the thing, he's going to have to run into Jedi. Like, you know, that was the whole point. We had to take him back. To right. No, no. I expected Luke to show up at some point because because of that, that he has to return you know, uh, Gragu to someone with Jedi. But even then, like, I'm sitting the whole season going, but I don't really want that to happen because we know what happens to all of Luke's students. So I'm like, but so, so having the sequels already released also kind of like hurts the narrative because I'm like, so Gragu's just gonna get murdered by Kylo Ren. And we don't know that. That's not very good either. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, somebody pointed this out to me uh, and, uh, I, and it was a light bulb moment for me. Um, that uh, Filoni did uh, the, the Herculean task of putting a lot of extra stuff uh, in between episode one and or episode two and episode three, uh, that if you watch it all, 
uh, and then go to episode three. Episode three doesn't look like a series of scenes from from a larger movie anymore. It looks like the end of a bunch of stuff that that Filoni did. And somebody made the observation that he's doing the same thing with the with the sequels. He's putting more context into this space leading up to seven, eight, and nine, so that so that there's more connective tissue there. And it's not just this, wait a minute, what? What happened to the Jedi Temple? What? So um, I don't know how much of that they're going to get into. I mean, they've got uh, 75 shows that they're going to throw out in the next three years. So probably one of them will deal with it. But um, uh, yeah, that was, and I, I, when he said that, I was like, wow, okay, that's a really kind of a cool take because it's not, um, uh, because this is a larger universe, right? And we have to, you know, as much as I loved sort of the autonomy of this first season, um, I really liked Rosario Dawson <laughs> in season two. Not going to lie. Uh, she could burn me with cigarettes. I like her that much. Uh, I'd let her beat me to death with a shoe. That's the kind of, that's the kind of deep affection I have for her. So uh, her in makeup, doing Jedi stuff, swinging, uh, and, and, and being Ahsoka on top of that was just, come on. I'll, I'll you know, um, it, yeah, the fix was in. Honestly, here, here's, honest, Nathan, this is how I felt about it. I don't feel the way you feel until R2-D2 shows up. He could have stayed in the X-Wing. We didn't need R2-D2 to come in and go, boo-boo-boo-boo. Yeah, that just feels kind of weird to just have that him was, be there. That was right, the yeah, only yeah. callback. But here's the deal. 15 and a half hours, you know, for 10 seconds of R2-D2. Yeah, R2 didn't bother it. me. Yeah, I mean, but it's still the same thing, though, because I mean, like, I, 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 and, and you guys aren't the only ones that have said it. Uh, uh, everybody talks about like the 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 huge emotion, the swelling, the the tears of seeing Luke. But I know how Luke ended up. So like when I see it, it's like, oh, my God, like it's nice to see him at the height of his powers. But this this is painful to me because it makes me remember how he died and what happened to him. So if he had had, had a happy ending in the sequels, I would be like, yeah, this is great. Awesome. But instead, it's just like, I, I don't know that I want them to play with Luke or to even later, maybe play with Han or Leia or any of them because it's just going to bring back those memories of the sequels. And it's just like, no, I don't want that. All you right, know, like either, the, I'm fine with the sequels as they are, but it's like, but I don't want to have the knife driven into me more by seeing people I love. I <laughs> have a, it helps to bridge. It's a bridge between, yeah. because a, a lot, and I think it's a valid complaint. Um, you know, it didn't bother me as much as other people, but what Luke ends up as is really jarring. If you're just looking at the cinematic films, because mm -hmm. There's just, I mean, you go from end of Return of the Jedi to like, yeah. what? To yeah, it's very yeah. jarring. Yeah. And I think that, you know, the, the, the Mandalorian, the extended user, if they're going to have judicious use of Luke, you can have, you can have it both ways, I guess. You can see the Luke that you wanted, that you, that is, that is at the height of his Zen glory, Yeah. you know, before everything goes sideways. And you know, you can see that you get some emotional payoff from seeing that he, you know, some of the fruits of his labors, essentially, from the original films. Um, and I don't necessarily think that that, I don't think it takes away from the Luke that he becomes, but it also right. doesn't hurt me knowing how it ends up. I, I, I actually like that they're kind of, 
I hate, I mean, I don't think they're doing it just to toss a bone to some raging fans. I, I yeah, don't think that's no. why they're doing it, but I think it does have the side effect of maybe giving some of that emotional payoff back to those fans who idolized what Luke became at the end of the original trilogy. Yeah. They, yeah I mean, um, to me, so like, I, I hate prequels in general, and this is part of the prequel problem is because for me, the timelines moved. I mean, the, the, you know, the timeline moved to episode nine. So all of this stuff is really a prequel and it's fine as long as it was in sort of a nebulous gray area that didn't connect to everything because then it didn't matter as far as like any of the stuff that I saw in the sequels, all of this operated in a sort of uh, what do you like Schrodinger's plot that, you know, it could be, it could be anything because we hadn't looked inside the box yet. Right. So like it didn't affect any of the stuff in episodes seven, eight and nine because it was sort of in this sort of gray haze. Right. Mm -hmm. But now it's like they're bringing in all this stuff and it's like, well, now it is connecting to seven, eight and nine. And I don't I don't care. Move the plot forward, then skip ahead of episode nine and tell us what happens next, because oh, I, I know how this plot that. ends up. You know, <laughs> so I, yeah, it's kind of like I think we're going to I think we're going to get some of all of that uh, again. I think I, I don't remember what the press conference total was but i think it's something like 112 shows over the next uh, oh yeah yeah no it's it's, it's, it's ridiculous be, it's number. a lot of shows it's, it's yeah. like every week there's going to be a new star wars series yeah, debuting yeah no i get it silly so uh <laughs> let's get into the into the minutiae because i want to i want to address what you said about luke mm -hmm. with somebody else i uh, with a different character sure. I, I have i have th a thing to that, that will prove and be awesome so okay who I, boba fett yeah. Okay. All right. Now let me start with Boba Fett really quick, because then you guys are going to tell me how wrong I am. <laughs> I, I I cannot stand that they got the guy back from episode two. I, I just hate it, hate it, hate it. And I realize that there's no Disney's going to honor it, whatever. But uh, like episode two, I hate it so much because Boba Fett never sounded like he was from New Zealand. Like that accent should not be Boba Fett the way Boba Fett talks. And yeah, we never saw underneath the helmet or whatever, but to find out that Boba Fett was the clone of Lamo Jango Fett is still the thing that I hate most about the prequels. And I just, then to have that actor back made me so mad, like, like so, so mad. I was like, get someone who sounds like Jeremy Bullock, get a, get a Jeremy Bullock sound alike. Because when I watch those movies, because I still have the original theatrical ones. I don't have the George Lucas edited ones where he's redubbed Boba Fett to sound like, uh, you know, the, the the guy that plays him in episode two. Crocodile Dundee, right. Uh, right, yeah. yeah, I don't, I, I and, and it's like, he doesn't sound like that. And oh God, it makes me so mad to hear that voice for Boba Fett, because that is not Boba Fett. That is a pretender. And it just, oh, that is the thing that made me the maddest this season. Now, fighting fighting was fine like his combat all that was really cool uh, but yeah i just god i wish they had cast somebody else anyone if you, else if you ask me or juliet or any other boba fett fan uh you can only pick one you can have boba fett sound like jeremy bullock uh or you can have boba fett make good on the promise that we have known about Boba Fett for the last 35 years and never quite at scene pay off. They're going to take door number two every time. <laughs> no, you could have find an actor that can do both. I mean, that's, that's ridiculous to say that you can only have one or the other. You know my hatred of the prequels, specifically right. of episode two. You know my intense. I have bitched about this for so many years to the point where like, again, 
I didn't, I didn't want any of it. I wanted nothing of it. The first time I, I listened to the DVD of, you know, after the prequels came out, I was watching Empire Strikes Back and, and Boba Fett says, as you wish. And I'm like, pausing it. I'm like, that's not Boba Fett. Yeah, it's why I don't, I don't, I don't watch any more of the Lucas edited versions is because of that. Yeah. Here's the thing. And I hate that this even happened to me so much. Um, I read those stupid Republic Commando books, first off. Uh, And if you read them, I think you might enjoy them as well, against your will. It's painful to admit this. You have no idea. And then I watched Broke Down and watched the Clone Wars movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm still series. shocked because I, I won't watch Clone Wars for that very reason. I, I would rather they ignore the prequels. Ignore the prequels and just move forward. No. You don't have to keep referencing the prequels. You don't understand like, the writing and the storyline in this series. There were times I was brought to tears in like actual emotion. Like, oh my gosh, I feel and I want to save this clone. And they all sound like Jango Fett. Mm. Um, because it's so well done and again it was like pulling toenails to get me to admit this i can't stand it i hate what they did to my boba fett but the clone wars really helped to make it palatable enough for me to when you know boba fett appears on screen in season two i'm like you know what i'm cool with this you give me a badass boba fett and i'm okay let's do this we know we all know that the Sarlacc found him somewhat indigestible. We know that. That's when, well, yeah. The books had him blow up the Sarlacc from the inside a long time before the prequels ever came out. They, right. that, it's easy enough to just have that as a thing. That yeah, he, he got out of it. He blew it up from the inside. Fine. But but yeah. here's the deal. Uh, ever since the Star Wars Holiday Special, uh, we <laughs> we have known. That's like when someone invokes Hitler in a conversation. It's over. It's over. It's done. He invoked the holiday special. We're done. I'm sorry. Mark, Mark, I'm sorry. I'm playing. I'm playing. I stand by my assessment. Ever since the holiday special, there have been certain promises that were made Mm. about Boba Fett. Uh, And uh, all of the behind the scenes stuff that we consumed as children uh, pointed to this guy being it made perfect sense that this guy could fight a jedi because of all the stuff that he had on his armor yeah so so mark so mark as an aficionado of the holiday special as you have now revealed yourself to be did you notice that they did you notice that they uh used the gun from the holiday special yeah Yeah, i I didn't recognize it until but i saw the extras and then i was like oh my god they actually used the gun from the cartoon in the holiday special yeah Uh, so but there but there's a the thing is, is, is for we Boba Fett fans never got to see Boba Fett doing Boba Fett. We never got to see that. I read it in books. Even the, so even, even the action figure was nerfed. We'd heard about the rocket that fired out of his backpack and then we get the thing and it doesn't move. It's like, son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, see, what I never had the Boba here? Fett figure, so I didn't know. You had know. to get the deluxe figure for it to actually fire. Well, right, but, but, but even then it didn't fire you had to pull it out and then it had the string and then you he slid along it and you're like that's not what that's supposed to be that's not a grappling hook that's supposed to be a rocket for christ's sake and so when he like i, t- I took one look at him he's scarred clearly the the sarlax uh acid uh did a number on him he doesn't have his armor because it's on the back of the of the of the speeder that uh mandalorian's zipping away on mm-hmm. and i thought wow they're gonna 
this is cool. Boba Fett survived. And I thought that was enough. But then to bring him in and have him be in Boba Fett, it's great because you take one look at him. He's like, oh, he's got a dad bod now. That's kind of fun. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but the yeah. armor like instantly but, just like goes to yes, size. Yes. He, he puts <laughs> the armor on and he becomes Boba Fett. It's muscle memory. And let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. No, the armor As, is what adjusted. He didn't because suddenly the Boba Fett, Boba Fett armor is like suddenly out the air. <laughs> he becomes Boba Fett. Yeah. And we we finally got our scene uh rodriguez is one of us juliet he gets it and that's that whole thing was written around boba fett doing boba fett and here's where i lost my mind more so than when luke showed up honestly if i'm being honest more so than when luke showed up when the knee rockets fired i lost my because here's the deal that's a detail that you only find in the Empire Strikes Back blueprint book that was published in 1981 uh, from Del Rey. They had, they had all the schematics and the blueprints, and it was all this concept sketch art that Macquarie did. And there's three pages of Boba Fett sketches where he's playing with the different helmets and the different insignias. And there's one scene where he's where they've got a full shot of the uh, what was going to be the shock trooper originally, but it was going to be like a commando. And and he's lit, and you can see the rockets firing off of the knees. And and I took one look at that and I was like, boy, Empire Star or, or Return of the Jedi is going to be awesome because we're going to have to have a showdown with Boba Fett. And I'll bet he's going to fire those knee rockets. And then Han hits him in the backpack and he falls into the Sarlacc pit. And I, a part of me died when that <laughs> happened because for, for four years, I'd had this thing in my head that this is Boba Fett and we're going to see him fighting Luke and it's going to be awesome. Boba Fett fires a line and Luke cuts it with the lightsaber and then it falls into the Sarlacc pit. That's not Boba Fett. Knee rocket firing Boba Fett. Backpack missile that takes out a, a spaceship boba fett that's my boba fett i have never been so thrilled in my life that was that was i have not felt like that since luke blew up the death star in the trench in 77 that's how that felt for me you know the so one thing you i can't did... take it away from me nathan I, you can't take it away <laughs> the one thing i will say about the prequels is once we found out that boba fett was just a clone of jango fett i was like that's why he was so lame at the sarlacc oh my okay, god now it makes sense i will come through this microphone <laughs> it is small but i'll make it work <laughs> Oh my Some god. Boba Fett fanatics right here. <laughs> no, also, but, but no, I mean, Mark, I mean, come on, come on. <laughs> Obviously, Luke was subconsciously using the force to make Boba Fett screw up in that instance. We th that's that's why it happened. Did I mean, come on. Wonder? It shouldn't have like destroyed your like love of the character or anything. Where, that that I have was a sword around here somewhere. <laughs> Did anybody wonder at the end, like, you know, Boba Fett was waiting to, you know, to go pick up uh, you know, everybody from from the ship. Did anybody wonder if he asked where the child went and did anybody happen to say to him, oh yeah, this Jedi with a green lightsaber and just came and picked him up. <laughs> I wonder, did anybody mention Luke Skywalker? Because I just wondered what, I wondered what Boba Fett's reaction would have been had anybody known that name and said that to him, been like, oh my God. It might, yeah, that might've been pretty interesting, but, uh, but oh uh, my gosh, Boba I, Fett, I like the, I the scene we got. Palms. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the I mean all of it. He basically he basically No, the combat was great. 
And, you know, you could have had anyone in that armor playing that part, and it would have been fine. It would have been fine. This is an important point that I need to make, because this is, and maybe I should leave it for the end, but I'm not going to deal with it. Here's the thing. I need these shows to save the sequels the way that Clone Wars and Rebels saved the prequels for me. Mm -hmm, That's mm -hmm. what I need. Okay. Okay? Because the prequels sucked, and Clone Wars and Rebels have made that entire portion of star wars history a fond memory for me yeah yeah it's it, it's suddenly I still doable. fast forward through most of the the movies i'm not gonna mm-hmm. lie I, I just just skip to this to the combat but you know as a as a whole as a grand overarching story because yes. of the supplemental shows they just they connect the dots there's emotional mm-hmm. payoffs like it it fixed things about the prequels for me and i need these shows to yeah. do that for the sequels for me i need snoke to be the the product of whatever testing they're doing on the child like i yeah. need these things to be true so the sequels don't suck so much for me right i mean i actually cared about anakin after watching the clone wars something i yeah. never thought yeah would happen. yeah holy hell that and was again, a ple- that was a pleasant surprise uh it, i did not i did not think i was going to like the clone wars as much as i did i literally turned it on as a lark like you know what i'll see what else filoni has done and then all of a sudden uh yeah i'm sucked in you know, uh, I'm yeah, telling I mean, you, I don't want to, I don't want to get this into being like the Clone Wars. and Rebels. I mean, cause there, there are problems with all of that stuff in my mind, because if you have anyone with any Jedi training that besides Obi-Wan and Yoda surviving past Revenge of the Sith, I have a problem with it because thematically it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Having Ahsoka or this Ezra guy or any of these other people that they invented in Clone Wars or Rebels still alive in a post, you know, uh, first of all, post Revenge of the Sith and then post Jedi time frame. And then if you're going to have them post sequels, that's even worse because (laughs) the sequels only work if Rey, as the last person with Jedi training, retires because she's going to let new people use the force and do it their own way ahsoka's not a jedi it's a beautiful setup it's a beautiful setup because but she's had jedi training right so it's still a problem she never made it out of padawan state because she's already more qualified than luke so they should have tracked her down to fight vader rather than using luke or sensitive in the universe could be possibly next to a clone when their chip got activated so no, of course they're going to be Jedi that went into hiding immediately. Anybody who was force sensitive that even might have minorly been like that. You know that not every Padawan was right next to their ma- next to a knight or their master. People hid. I mean, yeah, that's they, like saying they make, that- they make the observation that, that Grogu hides in the, in the Jedi temple, uh, that he hid from, uh, from that. Uh, he, that's he was what, spirited that, away. Yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, and, and Ahsoka's storyline, it, it is is handled in in uh in the clone wars and it's it's great it's it's really cool because that was one of those things when it happened i was like oh i didn't know you could do that that's cool right so i nathan i'm telling you i i feel like i feel like this it's like this one pin holding together this architecture like the train you know it needs to fall into the abyss but 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 the coupling is is still connected and if you just let go and fall <laughs> It, and, and 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 join us in the gorge. Uh, <laughs> just join us at the bottom of the gorge. Look, it's I'm not bad down this. here. We've got snacks. Uh, there's places to sit. It's good. You I'm know? never going to love the prequels, but they're palatable now. And that's why I can handle 
um, this Boba Fett, this actor is Boba Fett. I am so I am now used to the voice. I'm okay with hearing it. It has voiced many a clone that I actually started to care for. And I still get a little teary thinking about what happened to some of them. I, man, you know, not just Rex, but anybody like, oh, Cody. Oh, Cody. (laughs) No, right. But all of them. And I'm never not going to, I'm never not going to be upset about the retcon. I'm never not going to be upset about the shoddy writing and the fact that a animated series that came along so many years later and still had a final season. How many years after the one that they thought was a final season? Right. Had to fill in the gaps and seriously covered a lot of plot holes that I had like just, you know, given up on ever knowing yeah. what was to happen. But it's palatable. Another reason, another reason to watch them. I think they're setting up, I may be reading too much into it, but I've gotten the impression that they're setting up the Mandalorian and the Mandalorian culture and that fight to be kind of similar to what they did with the Jedi and the Sith, which is you start, there is mm. Jedi and Sith. And as you go further, you there's not just Jedi and Sith. There are other types of force users out there. There's the Jedi don't know everything and they're kind of punks. Like you, <laughs> you, get, you get this idea, like the world is growing and it's yeah. the same with Mando, right? He starts in this, cult he doesn't know it's a cult he doesn't know that there's any mandalorians really left and he definitely doesn't know that they're not they don't share the same like religious beliefs that he does the world is getting larger uh, or the universe is getting larger for him the same way that the that force users get larger right there as far as i know and i'm not super into all of the minutiae and it's been a long time since i saw clone wars but as far as i know Everybody who's still alive either left the order or has some real like they're they wouldn't call themselves Jedi necessarily. Um, and so you're looking at these people like you know Ezra, who I, I'm not really gonna get into like all of the things that happened to get Kanan to be it, it's a whole thing, but I don't, you know, they weren't traditional Jedi. And so they're kind of holding to that little that last thread of the Jedi Order is gone, except for Yoda and and you know, everybody that's left is basically, you know, they, they left for a reason or there was, yeah. there were complications. Yeah. There's no, there's no real Jedi left except, you know, Luke, right. but, but everybody right. and, else. And, and is, this kind yeah. of stuff and this prevarication and all of that is why I hate prequels is because they always retcon and I hate retcons, but let's move on. All so right. I was kind of interested that, that Angie said like the biggest, like, uh, like thing that she could think of that was at all controversial was the name of baby Yoda, because I felt that baby Yoda had a much bigger controversy this season that also blew up the internet, oh, which geez, was Louise. eating the young of the sort of frog alien and the fact that that was never even really addressed, like, like first of all, she didn't even seem to notice or she didn't act like she noticed, which, you know, even even non-intelligent animals like can count their young and know like, hey, wait a minute, something's wrong here. So I thought yeah, that was weird as an intelligent creature. Eggs. I don't understand. Someone explain this controversy They were unfertilized eggs and yeah, people were blowing up about, oh my God, he's committing genocide. And I'm like, no, he's not. It's one, it's one frog woman's eggs. They're not fertilized yet. It's like yeah. eating, yeah, if he ate all of them, that would be really upsetting. But he, 
you know, he didn't, and he's a kid, so it's kind of a ha-ha funny moment. Like, I don't understand the controversy. Though. Uh, see, see, I, I did not find that funny, uh, you know, watching that. I, and in fact, I was kind of horrified when she was, he was watching the one when he's staying with the couple, because I thought he was going to eat that too. And it was like, and, and they set it up as a sort of scary thing. They're even playing like the tense music, and then like nothing happens, and it's just kind of like, so it seems like they weren't even attempting, like they even want it to be somewhat weird or, or, or controversial, but the fact that it's never really addressed other than Mando like slapping his hand one time and being like no you know was kind of weird <laughs> I think there's there's a lot of assumptions being made about the imaginary uh force sensitive child uh eating the imaginary frog eggs in the imaginary tv show <laughs> where 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 there are actually no stakes and uh and, and the the very notion that people could care this much about a frog lady <laughs> that that has absolutely no agency outside of being in this one particular episode uh and being the reason why he's got to go to get the thing and do the stuff do the stuff i mean she's basically the maltese falcon for crying out loud mm. with the added incentive of you know uh we get to see the character of the child uh being curious inquisitive and also not exactly disciplined you know for being a 40 year old well, I, hell, I'm the same way, so I can't really, I can't really argue about that. But, but nevertheless, um, the, the the assumption was that she was the last of the frog people ever to ever exist in the world, and that these 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 blue orbs floating in 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 gel were were the last of of that. It's just nonsense. I of all the things to have an opinion about. Oh yeah, the uh, genocide part. I, I I didn't even know that people were saying that because yeah, yeah no, oh, I, yeah. no. They, she she said that they needed to find a place where they could like birth their young, but I didn't think she said that they were the last of their race. But maybe no, I that, she that. said oh, she said she? Last, okay. last of her line. Oh, like, her know, line, right? Yeah, but I didn't think line. of the race. Okay, right, yeah. exactly. But that's where people, you know, made that leap. You mm. know, they went from uh, she can't have kids anymore if these eggs don't get fertilized to uh, baby Yoda is just following orders with a swastika hand, <laughs> you know, and a, and a Luger <laughs> shooting them one by one like fish in a barrel. Excuse me, frogs in a tank. I just found it vaguely disturbing and thought it was weird. The show never really addressed it. I, that's all. I mean, I like I didn't make a big deal out of it and I wasn't exploding on the internet, but it was just vaguely disturbing. And it seemed weird that it never became a point like where like something happened because of it. Like either the frog lady like gets really mad or something that moves the plot forward in some way. And it was just like, this is just this weird kind of disturbing he, thing he does and, he's, he's and it doesn't inform anything in one he's eating live frogs in season one yoda is a swamp creature for crying right but those are unintelligent like i think it's different when it's an intelligent creature versus an unintelligent one like person. I, I don't know i have i have eggs every morning and i gotta tell you i don't think about it <laughs> yeah i don't i call me an american Call me, uh, call me, uh, whatever you want, but uh, I, I like scrambled eggs, and and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna stare at the egg and go, right, I wonder you're not if going this to... chicken <laughs> willingly gave the last of itself so that I could have a. How do we know? I don't know if that's really happening. I don't. Right, that, I'm pretty is, sure is that's not, not an happening. intelligent creature. So I mean, it's we don't different. <laughs> Who, who can say? I, I've never Obviously, talked to a chicken, but they Nathan, play a main game of tic-tac-toe, I'll tell you that. Okay. At the state fair, that's apparently where all the, the smart chickens <laughs> hang out, playing tic-tac-toe at the fair. 
Yeah, right. I, I could, I could have, I honestly, I could give a shit. I really, I, I, he could have eaten all but one last egg and, and, and the Mandalorian could have put it in his pocket and handed it to her when they, when they uh, got out of dock and said, here you go. Sorry. I did the best I could. And, and she could even have been mad about it. And I'd have been like, you know what? That's, uh, you, you fly with Mando, you take your chances, don't you? I don't care. I just, I, this was a whole I just, I, I can't believe so many people got upset about it. I honestly think it was a slow news week. I really do. <laughs> I do. You know, let's see. I'm on, I'm on Twitter. Is there anything uh, that's really bothering me right now? No, nothing. Okay. I think I'll go watch the Mandalorian. I found it, you know, <laughs> so, so aggravating, you know, right. uh, and I don't want to be Fair the let people have nice things thing, but, but this is one of those deals where you really, I, the, the amount of calories people burn jumping to conclusions, you know, to get to that point where, where Grogu is a mass murderer. Uh, <laughs> well, is, how about uh, how Mayfield can't have a Boston accent? Right. Yeah. Of all the things, you know, come on. Uh, there's, I guarantee you, there's an Island of people in the UK going and how come they all have to be evil? You know? Uh, come yeah, on. Well, yeah. Accents is particularly problematic because yeah, I mean, otherwise no one can talk like anything in Star Wars because you know, how I many blame TV tropes, the level of pedantry, uh, that exists now in, in fan culture just astonishes me. Uh, and it's, t- I, 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 it's all TV tropes. That, that and the new math, uh, new math and TV tropes, probably not in that order, but there Can you I go. I mentioned something really that I enjoyed or two things. I'm going to mention two sure. things if that's okay. First off at the end of that episode, when they land, uh, and that the ship just touches down and then flops over into the water, right. um, <laughs> sold me on that episode completely because yeah. that was the best thing I'd ever seen. Yeah, it was great. Um, also, uh, the speech that Mando gives when he sends the message to Gideon, the uh, callbacks that he makes to Gideon's speech from the end of episode, of season one, yep. you have something I want. Like he he just basically parrots back several of the exact lines and you can see Gideon's face not happy. And Giancarlo Esposito is one of my favorite actors because yeah. he's all smug. He doesn't care that, you know, he's captured on the bridge. Everything's going to be fine. And then the Jedi shows up and, and you can see his expression start to go. Oh, Fear. yeah. Yeah. Also yeah, the he, fact yeah. that he apparently broke like four dark sabers while they filmed the, the battle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gene Carlos Esposito is a treasure and for like a villain role, <laughs> like he is the perfect, he is the perfect person because that anger that anger that the like the barely restrained anger there are a few actors that can do that mm-hmm. another one's really good with that is robert carlisle but like gene carlo esposito he's got that that barely restrained anger like just so finely tuned in where it looks yeah. like he could just go off but he never does and that's what's great because you think at any moment he could just go crazy like he could just start like tearing everything up but it's always restrained Mm-hmm. But then if they ever did let him loose, it would be amazing. So it's just <laughs> one of those things where it's just like, he's waiting for that moment. And smartly, smartly, he knows to save that sort of thing up. Like you don't just go there. You don't just yeah. go to the rage because if you ever do do that, it's like your character's over. Like you, you, you did your trick, right? You know, and so <laughs> he's very good at holding that back. And if they're ever going to end the series and if he's still around or if they're going to end his character, that's the time that they're ever going to do it. They'd let him snap. You know, because I want I wouldn't mind seeing it at the very end, but yeah, don't yeah. don't like do it like multiple times or anything. Um, 
so yeah oh god i love him so much and he is so good in like every scene yeah yeah. He owns it. Like, and you can tell, I love the fact that it's very obvious he he's not a sword fighter. Um, he's just using the Darksaber because that's, you know, the biggest weapon he's got at that moment, mm-hmm. even though it can't cut through Beskar, but it can heat it up nicely. Um, <laughs> but uh, the fact that he, you can tell he's not a sword fighter, but he still just has like this intense ability to fight. I, I love it. I just love every threatening moment of his presence on screen. It yeah. makes me happy. Yeah, I really love that they gave Mando the Beskar spear. That is one of the things that I really like liked about it because it gives him a melee weapon that he can use, you know, and allows him to fight against the Darksaber and stuff like that without giving him another lightsaber or some other kind of like, you know, energy-based weapon. So it's it doesn't feel like cheesy or anything yeah. like, oh, somehow he just found a lightsaber or something and now he can, you know. And so I, I really like the... Uh, I really like the the Beskar spear, and I like all the combat type scenes that they did with that. I thought of one thing that bothered me. One thing in the whole show. Okay. And if you haven't seen Rebels, you're not going to be able to give me an answer. Didn't Sabine just hand Bo-Katan the light, the dark saber, at one point? Yeah. I am fairly certain it did not pass through combat. So the 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 theory goes thus far, and it's not my theory, but I ascribe to it, is that part of the reason that Bo-Katan is so insistent this time is because she lost it last time. She I really took it from know. Sabine mm. and it didn't get it by combat and lost it somehow. We don't know how yet. But the idea is that through superstition or whatever, she now believes that the reason she lost it was because she didn't get it in combat and she won't take it again. Thank you for that. I can cool. I can accept that into my brain because that makes some sense. Because I it was yeah. bothering me because I'm like I just I know Sabine just handed it to her. We don't know how it got lost. Interesting. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Okay. I'm gonna pass that along because that's a great idea. Yeah, it's a Not great mine, idea. But I think it's great. It's my head cannon now. <laughs> so one thing that I really wanted to talk about is the relationship between Mando and. Do we, should I say Baby Yoda just to keep from offending say you, Angie? Grumpy. I'm not offended. It's just a dumb name. Dumb. You can't say it without feeling dumb. It's a dumb name. <laughs> that doesn't bother me at all. Grogu Gro- does not bother me. Grogu does sound like it should be attacking a city in an, ep- in an issue of Tales to Astonish. Right. Yeah. It, it came from Planet X. Yeah. Drawn by, drawn, by, uh, drawn by Kirby and inked by Ditko. Right. That's exactly the kind of stuff that they name things. You know, Groot, right. Timbumba, yeah, Grogu. Grogu yeah. the Somebody was saying there's some sort of formula for Star Wars names, and I didn't read the article, but is there, like, does anyone know what this is? Because they're like, it doesn't follow the formula, and that's why it's wrong. And I'm like, what? what is the formula? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that's like, ri- that's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, if, um, if, if, if there's a formula, it's wrong. If, they're, if, they're, if they insist that they're right, they're still wrong. Yeah. It's uh, whatever they want it to be. Right. Right. But um, I, I will agree with Angie that it does not trip off the tongue. It does not feel <laughs> natural to say, but it didn't bother me. He's an alien. So, I mean, they can have names that don't trip off the tongue. I mean, it's fine. But, um, uh, I was but Mando and he's like, Rogu? But, okay. So, 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 so this thing is a prop, right? It's a puppet. Yeah. It is, you know, a, not a physical, you know, thing that, that moves around the amount of love and the amount of like interaction 
that it gives the characters and the amount that Mando's relationship with Grogu like informs the series is is one of the most interesting things about the show I think because you've got this guy who is the lone samurai warrior type and you've got this child and that's kind of tropish I guess I mean other things have done that kind of thing but it's not been done in star wars that i know of it's not been you know i mean it's kind of it's 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 it's, it gets to the point where you get that payoff at the end and like i said i didn't care for him taking his helmet off in a room full of people but taking his helmet off for the child i totally bought because he loves this 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 being as his own child and I think that that is one of like the really cool thing. You know, we talked about plot. We talked about how they pace things. We talked about all that. I really love that aspect of this. I really love like the taking the foundling and, and having him become like his son and everything. And I really love that aspect of it. You know, on the one hand, it's kind of easy storytelling. Um, but at, at the same time, it I can't mind it. It's just because it's not just Mando, yeah. it's everyone. All he has to do is mention like they have the child or it's for the child. And whoever he's talking to <laughs> is like, oh, well, why didn't you start with that? Of course right. I have. <laughs> like, Which again, it's easy storytelling, right? You don't have to spend time convincing people who wouldn't help you otherwise to help you because you can just be like, it's about the child. But, but at the same time, it didn't feel forced, right? Yeah. Everybody who's yeah. interacted with the child loves the child. Like it, and, and like when he goes to, to Tatooine and there's like that space dock and the woman that runs that yeah. space dock, she's like, <laughs> oh, there he is. I was worried about like, you know, he lands and it's like, oh, hey, you know, but oh, the baby. Okay. Yeah. Are you going to sell him? I'll buy him. Just kidding. I was worried. <laughs> I think, I, I, I think, uh, I think it's actually universal, you know, um, there's a, there's an axiom uh, one of these old chestnuts uh, in Hollywood screenwriting about, you know, you don't kill the dog and, uh, and you don't hurt kids. And Grogu kind of sits at that XY intersection, right? Uh, of, of this cross between a pet and a child, you know? Uh, and so um, I, for the you know, for, for his world to, to get larger and for his 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 core to sort of unravel you've got to introduce something into it uh you've got to give him something that'll get through to the armor and 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 the whole point of the beskar steel is that nothing can penetrate it but uh but emotions you know ignore all of that and so the the idea that he you know eventually becomes um you know uh, affected by that and 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 comes to love the kid uh is it's a natural thing, you know, it's a, it's, it's the kind of thing that, uh, that, uh, I don't know. I don't know so much that it's easy, but that's what I mean. I think it's universal in that you don't have to really tell anybody, you know, how easy it is sometimes to, to, to fall in love, you know, or to, to, to have empathy and care for somebody that's, that's weaker. Uh, that's, uh, I think that's a, a very noble thing. And, and, and we've seen, you know, despite his sardonic attitude and world-weary uh, demeanor, uh, he, he definitely holds to the creed, at least initially, and is very, you know, uh, he, he's a very he's a very knight errant kind of guy, you know, or or Ronin, if you if you want to use the Japanese equivalent, you know, and so uh, yeah, that uh, 
Um, I, I, I didn't think I would care as much as I do, but I love the fact that they went practical with it. I think Werner Herzog was right. And I think that uh, it actually, I know this wasn't like a, uh, like a major concern, but I love, but the fact that there's something practical in real space for them to react to is I think part of what made the empire strikes back, you know, that's what made Yoda good there, you know? And, and so having, uh, having those physical things uh, to me makes, makes the difference and gives you more to play off of. Uh, Cause all you can really do with the CGI crate dragon is just run away. <laughs> there's no, there's nothing to emote there. You just run, but uh, yeah, you need to be able to pick this guy up and cuddle him. And I would pick, I would totally pick him up and cuddle him. And also, I don't like kids. That team of puppeteers, every single expression, every single ear twitch, I believed as much as, and it's going to sound ridiculous, the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie with the facial expressions on the turtles and such, the eyes, everything about it always made me feel like it looked really good. And I could, I could believe these were mutant turtles. Um, <laughs> and here I am watching this, this night, you're laughing at me. I'm laughing because of you. But oh, please, go ahead. Here, I'll mute the mic. <laughs> but it just reminds me of that. Like, I look at this puppet and I could believe, without actually, you know, any forcing of it, I could, he's still laughing, I can see him. Um, I could believe this puppet is real. I, every little facial movement. And these puppeteers working, because there's like, what, three or four of them all working at once, different, each of them has a different part of the body that they work. It just astounds me that they did such a good job and it made it believable. Um, every little movement and so on really just built on that relationship. It gave, it wasn't just Mando reacting, it was Grogu reacting. And, mm. you know, Mando says his real name and Grogu's like, whoop, looking up and it's adorable. It just every moment about it paid off at the end for me and in fact so, so so it's better than a real child like you know because like you know i've mentioned lone wolf and cub you know before uh which is a japanese series about this about this ronin with with the bait with his child that he takes with him because his wife died and any they have he has these combats it's very similar to what they do in the mandalorian but that kid can't do a whole lot he's not a, like great at acting right because he's he's a little kid he doesn't have the experience. He doesn't have the, you know, the chops to do a lot of acting. Having Grogu as a puppet allows them to get a lot more mileage than they would if they actually had a real child there for him to interact with, you know, uh, and, and I think that that actually really helps with it because, yeah, you're entirely right. All the interactions are great. You know, and like I said, I don't go for the whole internet craze about, you know, baby Yoda, but... I, I believe I buy the relationship within the series. You know, I think that it is, you know, beautiful and moving and all of that stuff of this guy who's basically created his own family because he doesn't have one. Right. That's the big right. thing. He grew up as a foundling. He right. remembers his parents getting killed. He remembers being found, you know, in this hiding spot by the Mandalorians. And you know, he, he goes to get, he's sent out on this bounty and he finds out that maybe 50 years old, but it's still a kid. Right. And he grows up, he's in the Star Wars universe. He may be only at this point aware of a very small portion of it, but even he's aware of the different lifespans of things. And, you know, the IG unit points that out that different species age differently. And he knows after, as he, even through the first couple of episodes, that this kid 
this bounty can't take care of itself. It's yeah. that young. And I think he feels very, I think he sees a lot of himself in a weird way. In oh Rogue. yeah. There's, it's totally, it's a, it's a symmetry thing mm -hmm. for sure. You know? Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I think there's a, there's a, they don't really, they don't mirror it with the shots, but the, the shot of him open up the, the hover pram and the, the finger coming out and, and the, the, the door closing on him in the flashback where he's a kid uh, and then opening again. And it's the, you know, it's the Mandalorian. Uh, yeah, those are, I, yeah, it's, I think that's all part of that. Totally. Even in the combat scenes where like the kid knows to shut the, the door, like whenever things are about to get tense or whatever, like it just goes, shunk, you know, and like all that kind of stuff. It's great because it's like now they're interacting, like even in the, in the action sequences or sometimes, you know, like, you know, he gives Mando something that he needs or whatever like that. I love all of that. I love, cause again, I mean, that sort of harkens back more to the lone wolf and cub where like the dude's got like swords and weapons and stuff stashed in the pram that he's whipping out or the kid <laughs> will, you know, the kid's got that little armored thing he pulls down to like protect himself and stuff like that so i really <laughs> i really love all that and so i guess my question is coming from all that you know with with it you know grogu's probably not going to be in the third season maybe he's migrating to one of these other shows that they're doing because i doubt that they're going to get rid of grogu as a character for like they're going to have him in a star wars show even if it's not in the mandalorian so um do you think that that's going to adversely affect the show that they've built up with him being such a central part of it. Um, Angie, we haven't started with you, I don't think. Uh, what do you think? I don't think so. I, I mean, I, I don't disagree with anything that anyone has said about how good the interactions between Grogu and everyone else are. But the show has been very good about varying its relationships. And even without Grogu, I mean, the first couple of episodes, you know, he wasn't, their interactions were kind of cute and farcical, but weren't terribly emotionally deep. Um, it, I think that they have set up enough other relationships to explore that the show yeah. doesn't need to suffer without Grogu in it for a season. Um, so I'm not, I'm not too concerned about, about that. I, I'll be sad to see him go. My kid will be desperately sad to see him go which is probably the cutest thing about all of this. Right. <laughs> but, I remember you saying but, that. Yeah, so. I, I, don't, I don't think the relationships on the show are so well done yeah. um, that, that, you know, the relationship with the child important isn't the only one worth watching. Okay. Oh, I, I thought you were raising your hand, Juliet, but you were cheering. Oh, well, sorry. <laughs> I had a... Um, yeah, I think Angie got a good point there. Uh, the uh, I agree with you that I think there's some relationship material to explore, and uh, the look on Bo-Katan's face, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it indicates that this isn't over, right? You know, the, we know now. Oh, uh, this the, there there will come a reckoning. That said, I'd be really surprised if there's a fourth season of The Mandalorian. Uh, and I'm okay with uh, giving me three really good seasons that have a beginning and a middle and an end than giving me five seasons where the last two are uh, not as good, right? I'd rather, I, you know, I'd rather they keep the average high and, and, and end it at the end of the third season. I don't know what they're going to introduce. And of course, 
at this point i've hit a point it was just so weird nathan because you know how i can be uh i'm at a point where i don't care they've they uh filoni and favreau have generated so much uh goodwill and slack that i if if they told me that the next thing that they were going to do was uh an exploration of jar jar binks home life i'd be like you know what i'll give that three episodes Uh, you know because but and i and i say that because um you know i didn't have an expectation for mandalorian you know i was at, at the end of episode nine i was ready for a break you know and now uh having been through these two seasons uh i'm back on the the train man uh you know let's let's do this bring out your 213 shows over the next three seasons i don't care i want them all well except for the droid show i don't want the droid show that's that that's ass and it's gonna be i i don't want any so I, I don't need the, I don't need R two in three PO in my life ever again. No, but, but give me the Bad Batch all the way. But oh, come bad, on, yeah, Bad Batch, yeah, come definitely. on, come on. When the Droids cartoon was on back in the mid eighties, and the last episode linked right up into a New Hope, that was amazing. Like I can remember as a kid being like, <gasps> like that's how it like fits in. That's great. I'm older than <laughs> you. <laughs> was not great i now the ewok show bothered me because they uh, talked and i was like ewoks can't talk <laughs> so the ewoks cartoon bothered me because they were talking and of course then in the e- second ewoks movie they had them talk too and that bothered me but it's fine well it's fine. so my, my point is is that i i'm absolutely okay with uh this now angie having said that i i suspect we may be in the minority when season three is halfway over and, and the internet explodes, where the hell's Baby Yoda? I, 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 I thought we were going to get Baby Yoda. It's Mandalorian. We said Baby Yoda. People are going to flip out uh, because there's no Baby Yoda. And, and But see, and- I think this is where Disney is genius because I think they're going to keep the character. I think they're going to move him into one of the other shows. And so I think people will still get their fix. And I think that's not going to be a problem or a concern. The only one I think that it could do would be uh the uh, rangers of the new republic show but i don't know i could see him coming into ahsoka if she's on the hunt for ezra and more jedi thingies yeah there there may there there might have to be a reconciliation with uh yeah and and just like with marvel remember gideon is thrawn's disciple or whatever so i don't know they didn't really use that term but that's what i decided they are so (laughs) (laughs) they're related in some way yeah. So at the very least, I think Thrawn was some sort of mentor at some point to Gideon. So I, I yeah. feel like Ahsoka could be where the child ends up landing. If well, I just, move. I just, just assumed like, that he was going to go straight to the Jedi Temple with Luke and, and basically was going to, you know, kickstart Luke's new Jedi. But, but here's the thing. Any one of these characters or shows can go to Luke's Jedi Temple for some reason. So I yeah, mean, I there, there's so. pathways here, but also just like with Marvel, they've announced, you know, a half dozen, eight different Marvel shows, but you know, they've got another two dozen that they're developing right now. And I think yeah. it's the same with Star Wars is they announced so many at this press conference, but you got to know the there's going to be like, right, yeah, it's going to be like four or five more on the back burner, the like five seasons, like, like the, yeah. the Luke Academy series where we get to meet all the kids that are going to be slaughtered or, you know, something along those lines. So, you know. I, I, see, I think, I don't think we need to see that. And they may, and, and I, <laughs> 
think they're, they're smart to to I, stop I, the short. I, I, I'm being I'm joking on purpose. But, oh, oh, I see. Well, but, but 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 you know, but you know, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Some of those students, because remember, they didn't all get killed. Some of them became Ren's disciples and left with him. So that could be a reason to actually do that is to like introduce them and and show them. So I also anyway. fully expect that many of his students probably left the temple or were on the did their own thing because Luke wouldn't have adhered to the full Jedi thing and well, he didn't know it he didn't know all i mean that was part yeah, of luke doesn't know what he's doing the, exactly. the failed point of the second movie where he went to find all of the jedi texts was because he didn't know what he was doing and that's why i think that a lot of the, his students and po including possibly grogu and this is why i don't have an issue with it weren't there when that happened yeah yeah that's why i'm totally okay with it because I'm sorry. I don't think all Jedi are always going to be clustered in the same spot at all times. In, right. in, in the, at the moment of a massacre, unless there's some. <laughs> I'm just saying, like thematically, the movies don't work unless the Jedi actually end with Rey, and there's a new Force user like wave that comes out that they like learn their own path Again, without the Jedi, Jedi teachings, like infusing things. Because because Luke taught them something. Yes, I mean, if they were part of his school. a Jedi until you complete <laughs> Right, but I'm saying, but he still taught them Jedi things. So all those teachings have to be gone. And Luke thought that destroying the books would destroy it at that one point when he thought that he was destroying the books. So, I mean, even then, if Luke knew some of his students left, that Mark wouldn't have even meant anything. Obviously yeah. heard your argument way too many times. No, I, I was actually kind of thinking because I, I was trying to get a, a, an analogy straight. It's sort of like uh, to, to pull this out of uh, space fantasy here. Um, it's, it's, it's sort of the equivalent of, you know, I can teach you how to fight with a sword. But if you want to become a knight there's some rules you have to follow and some stuff you got to do and some things that have to get checked off of this list. Mm. Uh, you can still, and you can start, I can start teaching you how to be a, a knight of the round table if you want. Uh, but if you leave, you're not a knight because you didn't do all the stuff. Uh, that doesn't mean you can't use some of the things that I taught you like calligraphy and, and, basket weaving uh well medieval knights had a different set of you know uh, right skill no no, set. no i understand yeah, yeah. i mean but, they had but, to know that stuff too they had to have the soft skills too yeah so i think um i i i, I think uh, that's going to be probably the workaround here's the here's the deal though uh i don't think we're going to see a lot of post episode nine shows everything that they're showing us uh looks like it's interstitial between um episodes four and seven and i think there's maybe one show that's either happening before episode one or at the or after episode three um it's the yeah it's yeah the, the obi-wan one is between three and four no is it i thought i it think was, i think that yeah, was yeah, between yeah. three and four yeah. and so is bad batch Bad Batch. Right. Well, then 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 there's then there's three because the third one i was thinking of was uh the 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 female um sith apprentice what's it called not rogue um it's a uh disciple maybe anyways i've you know there's 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 412 shows so it's hard to keep them all together uh but uh, but one of them is going to be like from the sith side and it's going to be they've already said it's going to be female centric she's a female character so it might be um what's her name um the icky 
chick, uh, the, the, that's one of the witches. Um, Asajj? Yes, it, it might be Asajj. They, they haven't named names, but they, but they are saying that this is going to be a whole different side of the, of the galaxy. And this is a whole different thing. And so this might be a, what that, what that is. Okay. Uh, anyways, I don't think we're going to, I don't think you got to worry about it, buddy. I think, I think you're going to be okay. As long as you can find a way to make peace with the fact that some recasting has been done. And honestly, <laughs> I can't help you with that, brother. That's right, a path right, you no. have to walk. No, I mean, I, it's always going to bother me that they acknowledge the prequels on any level. It, it always is because I'm like, it would have been so easy when Disney took over to just say, we're not going to like retcon them or say they didn't happen, but we're not going to acknowledge anything that happened in the prequel. We'll just, we'll just, we'll just ignore them you know and and the sequels did that the sequel movies did that they other than mentioning that there were clones at one point which which is fine because even four five and six mentioned that that's all they mention of the prequels the only problem with that nathan is that 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 cuts out about one third of the fan base right there because those people uh, don't matter (laughs) <laughs> those i got i got some the people who came in with the prequels and think the prequels are great they don't matter <laughs> i got some guys who uh work here at the theater or worked at the theater they're in their early 20s now but those are their star wars movies yeah no i know and so you have to uh, it blows my mind that anyone saw anything to enjoy in those movies listen <laughs> you, this is the deal and and this is uh there's there's three ways to do it there's there's ignore it and 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 piss off a lot of fans Mm -hmm. there's um uh rail against it but if you do that you you you're you're cutting out a lot of stuff that has since been really good uh or you can um i had a point i was making here uh Anyways, the point you know, is... I've come to peace with certain things. Like the whole yeah. thing, there's only two Sith. I've come to peace with it because they, they made it work. They made it work that that wasn't always that way. It was a fairly recent thing. And so then it, you know, it, it's like, okay, I can kind of come to peace with that. There's some of those retcons from the prequels that I've, that I've made peace with. Uh, I trust, <laughs> I, I trust the, right now, I trust the two guys who seem to have their hands on the steering wheel, uh, more than I have ever trusted anybody working on the franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that includes, unfortunately, George Lucas. Uh, so, so I, so at this point, I, they get a lot of play, uh, with me. And even though I'm not going to watch the droid show at all, uh, ever. Did they announce a droid show like a yeah, new one? Yeah, yeah. I thought you were referencing yeah. the '80s droids no, cartoon. No, it's, it's aimed at kids. It's it's animated. Ah, I don't, just, I don't remember that uh, one. That was not one that yeah. I. It was I one. It was one of the 512 shows okay. that they mentioned. No, that's fine. Uh, it must have slipped through my notice. But yeah, yeah well, there I, were, I, there were 511 uh, other shows. I'll watch it with my child, and I'll just summarize any points you need Thank to know. Thank you. Okay. Yes, if you could just send me like a tweet. And let me know what it is. Uh, but it's it's not just coming to peace with it. It's it's what we were talking about in the five minute controversy. In some cases, even it's being able to to like step back and be like, I was wrong, and that's exactly what I had to do with the with the Clone Wars and the prequels, and yeah. be like, I'm still never gonna like. I'm never gonna love them. I'm probably not even gonna really like them or right. watch them again voluntarily. But I'll tell you what, 
I'm going to hunt down the Clone Wars series on Blu-ray as well as Rebels. And I haven't gotten to Resistance yet. That's my next one. Mm. Um, I heard I'm that so that's excited. more for kids. Well, I don't well care. if I do, if I, I do this care. Star Wars spinoff, I'll have, it's just like with time streams, Juliet, you're going to, I'm going to force myself to watch new Doctor Who, even though I hate it because that's going to be the podcast. And so that's yeah. part of the reason I'm doing it is to force myself to watch it. And so if we do the Star Wars spinoff thing we were talking about, Which we I'm going to force myself to watch all that stuff. So. So, but, you know. <laughs> and I hate that we're talk, having to talk about the prequels and the animated show so much in the middle of a yeah no I, yeah I, it's it has a lot of it not only you know the show not only references a lot of it and mm -hmm. has callbacks to it because wow oh my gosh it's so much excitement but it I just I feel like ugh, but, but see like here's the thing just, here's the thing and here's where can't. I think it's a cogent point to talk about it with the Mandalorian all you guys are so excited about for instance seeing Ahsoka like me not having seen the cartoon, I couldn't have cared less. And so they shouldn't make a show with, I mean, and I get there was only one episode. So it's not like it was super important to like getting the, getting the show, you know, to understanding the show is watching the Clone Wars. But I feel like they shouldn't do things that, and that's why I was talking about the non-references being better, that mean that you only get the impact like I didn't even realize Katie Sackhoff's character even existed in any of the, the cartoon stuff. That was a little more interesting, definitely than Ahsoka, but I still didn't really care all that much. I wanted to see the armorer. I wanted to see the characters they'd introduced in season one. Cause we don't know. I mean, they, they, I still think they got away. Um, we don't you know, know the that armorer did. She Yeah, no, no, no. There, there's this meme that I saw that I want to like actually happen where Grogu shows up, he's found the armorer and he has Beskar and he hands it and she makes Grogu a Mandalorian armor suit with like the ears and everything so he can fit in it. I mean, I'd be extra curious though. I have many coworkers. Most of them have mm -hmm. not watched the Clone Wars or Rebels. They have absolutely no connection to Ahsoka or Bo-Katan or anything like that. They've never, they, they have no idea that crate dragon pearls exist even. Um, yeah. But at the same time, they were in love with these brand new characters that they had mm -hmm. never met. For them, this was the first meeting and it wasn't a callback for them. It wasn't any of that and it worked. So I'd be curious to know how many people actually who had never seen it still found it really interesting or how many people like you, Nathan, found it like uh, just a character. Well, I just, really I, like I said, I didn't care. It wasn't like I hated it, but I didn't really, I wasn't like, oh my God, Ahsoka because I didn't know Ahsoka. So, I mean, it wasn't really like, other than the fact that I was thinking, like, there shouldn't be any Jedi post-Return of the Jedi. Well, but, I mean, that, <laughs> Ahsoka's entrance and her original fight scene it really is a, a big deal just within the confines of the show. Because Mando's the biggest badass around up until yeah. that point. And, mm -hmm. and when I would argue, even if you have no idea who Ahsoka was, watching that fight sequence you can tell the show has now we're, we're leveled up there's some there's some god level stuff happening right that, that wasn't here before and i think that was important to show the fact that they used ahsoka to show it is awesome for anybody who knows who she is mm -hmm. but i don't think you needed it to recognize that this is a this is a, a key shift in the the tone of the show the way the direction of the show same thing with uh, Bo-Katan and the Mandalorian culture. Yeah. You don't need the Clone Wars. She's basically telling you, hey, you're part of a crazy cult. Uh, and I think that I think it'd be fun to explore, hopefully in the next season, more of Mandalorian. Well, culture. see, it's funny because like, like, so I know the Mandalorians mostly from, you know, well, 
first of all, from from the Boba Fett stuff that existed before the prequels, but also from, uh, you know, because I'm, I'm reading the novels in chronological order now. So I'm reading stuff that happened 5,000, 4,000 years ago. Wow. And, and the older Mandalorians were like the Mandalorian that 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 he is. And so they even said, like, they're trying to bring back the old ways and whatever. And so yeah. to me, that seemed all very familiar from the books that I've been reading recently. And so then it was interesting to find out that, oh, actually, the modern Mandalorians actually, like, are completely like, they're like, you don't take your helmet off. That's fine. You know, <laughs> why do you See, think I, that's like I a big deal? I didn't, have that, uh, I didn't have that knowledge about Bo-Katan when I watched the show, and I thought it was awesome. Now, I did recognize Ahsoka because I had seen episodes of The Clone Wars and I'd watched watched uh the movie when it you know when it first came out uh but um uh clearly there's a you know she she was a young padawan in at the beginning of the show and 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 you know n enough time has passed now that she's uh you know an adult and and so uh so for me that was just more like a oh cool here's another jedi that you know da 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 um but uh i don't think i don't think it was uh for me for me i'll tell you what the deeper callback is frankly it's it's seeing the imperial troop transport it's what it's wondering well i for years i have wondered just how high a hover can the land speeders go what's the where do the where do these speeder bikes top out and uh and you know feloni says you know i always wondered about that too let's send them off a cliff and see what they do oh my god i just feel like he gets me you know i just feel like he's in here uh just like pulling the levers and the gears that makes my dead little star wars heart come back to life it's uh it's amazing i feel well, like i'm i feel like i'm sitting on frankenstein's table saying hit me again you know <laughs> bring you more mentioned... lightning you, you, you know, you had mentioned, Mark, about how you trust Filoni and Favreau more than you trust anyone but Lucas. Mm -hmm. And this is sort of the comment I made to my wife. They're, they make 1977 Lucas proud. Totally. Totally. Yeah, like yeah. like like and that's the yeah. thing is like Lucas became as as Lucas progressed, he became more of a, you know, like he's cranking out a product and less of a filmmaker right like yeah and they're really trying to go back because like favreau you can tell from those extras he's he's looking at it from that how do we push the technology standpoint like he cares about like the like the context and, and the history and all that too but he's looking at all those things of we've got to take this to the next level technologically in the same way that lucas did in 1970s you know and, he, and, and that part of lucas never went away he was always trying to take things to the yeah, next yeah, level technologically yeah, totally. yeah and but but he's looking at it that way he's looking at it from that creative standpoint and feloni is looking at it from you know the narrative standpoint and all of that kind of stuff and together they're they're doing the 1977 lucas's work right th they're, they're, think, they're, yeah it's, i think it's i think specifically for feloni what it is is uh you know he was a hired gun initially uh, mm -hmm. on clone wars and so uh i don't think his ego is in the way he's not the auteur uh that lucas was and he doesn't have the the same um he doesn't have the same stakes in it right he gets he gets paid to play with star wars toys lucas right. got paid to come up with star wars toys there's a difference
you know and uh and i think that's i don't <laughs> Speaking know the of anybody... star wars stories did you did you guys catch the thing where favreau said that he had, had them make practical models of the ships so that he could take them home and play with them? yes yes, <laughs> yes. <Love it>. i <laughs> know i'm telling you right now if i if if there was a way see i'd you know if there was a way to marry feloni uh in a in a in a totally like uh platonic man love sort of way i i would i would i would be on the plane to to, uh uh where is he in silicon valley anyway skywalker ranch is not that far away I, if i just tell the guy if i tell the pilot take me to skywalker ranch he'll be like oh yeah i know where that is in california put your mask on uh but uh yeah i i just, i've never felt more if i may use the parlance of our times seen yeah. uh for the first time in probably well for the first time since probably 1982 uh, I f- I feel like I'm being spoken directly to as a Star Wars fan, you know, in a, mm-hmm. in a way that 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 none of the other ones have. So here's the deal, you know, it's it's kind of funny, you know, um, all all previous sins are forgiven, man. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I'm I'm still I'm I'm with you, Juliet. I'm never gonna think Episode One is a great movie. I'm 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 probably not gonna. Uh, I have not uh watched episode three again post clone wars okay and i, and I st- i'll do that i'm just make kind sure of... you break it up with that third season of clone war that, that last season of clone wars watch yeah. like the first so, so many episodes then episode three and then the last so many episodes yeah you yeah, to th- care about anakin before you watch his fall <laughs> right 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 but but i re- but i really do care about anakin uh in the clone wars in a way that yeah. uh that i was surprised about anyways the point is is that uh uh i don't I'm a cheap date, you know, and I didn't have high hopes for the TV shows anyways, but they have overproduced and overperformed so well uh, with this, with this show that I don't, uh, uh, I'm giving them all the chances in the world uh, to, to make everything but the droid show better. Uh, Cause I, cause it's not going to be good. It's R2 and 3PO. <laughs> I just, I, ah, I just don't know why. Oh, geez, I hate that so much. Anyways, um, other than that, I th- th- they can do no wrong. And and while I I may not be as excited about some of the other shows as I am uh, <laughs> the Boba Fett <laughs> Crime Lord show. Oh God, that last <laughs> shot with Fennec just sitting on the side of the throne, swigging oh. the alcohol. I'm going to need a moment or two alone with the Boba Fett toys, boys. <laughs> oh, boy, that's so good. I can't wait. And Robert Rodriguez is going to be involved. And, and it's, it's just so. So, yeah, man, uh, the, 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 the points that bothered me, you know, whether it's, you know, yeah, I wouldn't have picked Grogu for a name. And and and, and the walk on with R2 was gratuitous. Who cares? Those are those vanish in the in the mist of of 16 hours of just just some of the best Star Wars I've seen since Empire, period. And 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 I know not everybody feels the way I do about it because uh, there's people online that that have have griped and and had problems with it. I'm not watching the show, and, whatever. Because uh, here's the deal: you there were other things that you loved that I hated. It's my turn in the barrel. <laughs> So you go like the thing over there that you thought was awesome and I thought was ass, and I'll stay here in Mando Land 
with my Star Wars figures and my Imperial Troop Transport, and I'll put new batteries in, and I'll make them do the laser noise. So, uh, so, so Mark, do you want to know the thing that I am shocked that you did not mention as something that just made you go over the moon? Gimme. That we had two people in Mandalorian armor flying side by side like like come on that like that that didn't stick out enough that you you wouldn't have mentioned it i mean come on man it was it was a very cool rocketeer style moment no doubt you know and uh and and certainly um the 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 jetpacks in flight uh as soon as they started promising it you know in, in season one i knew you're we gonna get some more in season two all that was just fantastic i loved it i did but here's the deal the the big stuff uh in season two was so big that it really kind of overshadows all the other really cool things mm. like the mon calamari turtleneck can i get a witness yeah <laughs> old fisherman's nice. that's some <laughs> right there man yeah i feel i, yeah. I was I, I thought of course uh, that, of course that's what they're gonna wear of course oh, it's gonna be like a, a herringbone you know uh, it's awesome so but good Katan and the others fighting with their jetpacks as oh. part of their fighting style just quick little oh, yeah. like mm. movements just helping them get the extra spin in their kicks was gorgeous prior yeah. to prior to boba fett that was my favorite episode like every new episode was my favorite because oh, because yeah like that's the thing like when mark's talking about like all the things you want to see i always want to see more jetpack work out yeah. of that armor because it's like why have a jetpack if you don't use the jetpack right well, you I know like so Mando was told you've got to learn you've got to really become one with your jetpack before right. it's really going to respond to you and here we see these mandalorians bo katan and, and her people they have basically grown up with a jetpack yeah. attached to their backs <laughs> since they came out of the womb that's probably yeah. how they came out of the womb was with a jetpack <laughs> you know whoosh and so they've grown up fighting and moving with these guys <laughs> Sorry, Mark. Just that's twice this episode you've wiped me out. <laughs> yes, um, but they—they—it's a part of them as much as like <laughs> as much as their own legs or or their their hands. They fight with a jet. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, that was very very cool. I love just the gracefulness of it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so my wife postulated something for the Boba Fett show, and I just really quickly want to like throw it out there. So. Um, she said that, that what should happen is they should have, you know, a scene, somebody comes in, you know, Boba Fett's there on the throne, he hits the button, the person falls through the floor, you know, just like, you know, Return of the Jedi, and then the, the big door opens up, and inside is Fennec, and she comes out. <laughs> She's become the rancor for Boba Fett, like the horrible monster that you do not want to be down there with. Also, dude, Fennec in general and her and Boba. No, Fett yeah, we haven't awesome. talked about her, but Ming Na Wen. I mean, she deserves you know all the all the credit. You know, coming from Agents of Shield over to this show, being the cavalry in both shows. Yeah. you know like she is just so amazing yeah. it's like yeah like once she shows up it's all over so you know it's just you know that is what it is and i think it's actually going to be okay if uh if mandalorian season three shifts over a little bit more and gets more uh uh mandalorian uh, Mandalor- and i think that's what's going to happen 
I think that's why they introduced Boba Fett was so that they could do the yeah. sort of bounty hunter crime thing with him and yeah. make the, the the Mandalorian show about the Mandalorian politics. Yeah, and outer, make that, that, that show. yeah, that outer right. rim uh, uh, Casablanca style intrigue stuff is going to just be. Uh, I, I I really hope. I mean, my, I just had. I don't know why the vibe of Casablanca uh, with Boba Fett is Rick kind of I thought interested me so much but but uh I, I would love to see something like that where you know he doesn't have to work very often but when he does you know when he goes to work it's like oh uh yeah just got real so that'd be I yeah uh, again I don't care what it's gonna be it's, as long as it's Boba Fett doing Boba Fett that's all I care about uh, I'm pointing out to the Imperials oh no I'm, I'm gonna be a bit recognizable yeah that was great yes so good uh, i mean come yeah. on tell, tell me that not tell me that the moment that uh in the first episode when timothy oliphant walks in and you could see the armor and you could just barely see the symbol on the chest mm. and you're like that's Boba Fett's armor. yeah oh, oh yeah yeah and, and on timothy oliphant on yes. top of now, that see that you... was a reference that did excite me is seeing the armor Oh really? Seeing the armor yeah. on on uh, on Raylan Givings that that was uh, that was our well, yeah theme. because because it was like if you know if Boba Fett was dead and somebody else had the armor that's really cool also you know but like yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean I mean that's it's, the armor is still around the armor is still like you, somebody's using it and all that like that was best really Star cool. Best Star Steel is best and, Star Steel, buddy. Right? Yeah. No. Exactly. <laughs> and so I was I was happy to see that. You know. I, I like that so it's they... become the vibranium of the Star Wars uh, universe, <laughs> right. right? You know, that's 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 actually kind of cool, really, uh, when you think about it. One of the things that I like about Fennec, because uh, I feel like we should mention a little bit more about her, is the fact that all the same things that Angie said that were true of Gina Carano are true of Ming-Na Wen. She is also beautiful, and you can also tell that she is a badass. It's just she's not the physical strength, you know, but she is still someone that carries herself in a way that, you know, you get the fact that this is someone with a set of skills and they can mess you up pretty badly. And, and I like that, that there's different types of characters. Also, we don't just have like, here's the woman fighter. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like yeah, a lot of no, shows, yeah, like a lot of like yeah. sci-fi type stuff. It's like, yeah, we have our woman character and she's awesome, but yeah. we have one. And, and it's like, no, we, we have two women fighters. They fight in different ways. Uh, but they're both really awesome and they're both feminine, you know, and I think that that's a really cool, you know, uh, uh, thing that the show does, you know, that's has. like Cara Dune, isn't she original to the Mandalorian? Like she's not like Ahsoka or Bo-Katan. That's right. From another series. Isn't Fennec created, created uh, for the Mandalorian? I think both, the, both of those characters are original mm. to the show. And I, yes. I think that's awesome. I mean, don't yeah. get me wrong. I'm Bo-Katan and Ahsoka. Bring them on, bring them on. In fact, give me Mara Jade one day and I will just like bow down to the Disney gods but um but yeah just fennec i think is if we got just this glimpse of her in the first season and to know that those were boba fett's feet that found her in tatooine in the right first right makes a lot more sense and, and i like the idea that that he fixed her up right he he, he cyborged her up i mean how cool is that right you know mm -hmm. uh and she's and, and we can rebuild seem, her doesn't even seem worried about it just just sort of like yeah i got this going for me now okay totally cool with it cool beans <laughs> Everybody else is a little flipped out about going, uh, going all geary and stuff. Not you. You just want to shoot people and punch them. Awesome. Yeah. Great I stuff. I love that we've been talking about Mandalorian for so long and we just keep going. We could probably go for like another three hours. I guarantee it. Yeah, we all right. Oh. 
Oh. Through the script out there, the, uh, what is it, the agenda? There's no agenda. Right. <laughs> we'll shut up yeah. about the first topic. The, the, usual, the usual stuff has, has, is not working, guys. Yeah, we right. just, every, it's all in the wind now. All right, so, so Angie, we the three of us have been very vocal and we've all been jumping in here and, and you've been, you've been uh, you know, very, very, you know, demure over there. Uh, do, you, uh, do you have anything that uh, you wanted to say? Like anything you wanted to get out there, anything you wanted to gush over that you haven't had a chance to, you know, talk about? Um, yeah, I mean, I mentioned it before, like I said, I was gonna save it for the end for when we talk about what we want to see, but like, I, I want to reiterate how much I, I need these shows to fix the movies. I just, I have to, like, and, and the, the possibilities are frankly endless here, right? Like, yeah. it's not just the sequels that they could fix, right? Like, uh, what's-her-face from the, the solo film, right? Who last year oh, we right. saw was working yeah. for Maul, right? She could show up in the Boba Fett show at some point. And I'm not saying I, I want that necessarily, but the show has the space and the people who love it are in charge and they could rehabilitate all of the things that just got crowded out in the movies the things that had potential that got ruined because that's what makes me angrier than anything else where i'm like this could have been so great yeah. but you were so obsessed with like putting in all this minutiae about how chewy and pawn meat and making sure we all know the joke about his last name, that we couldn't get anything cool and new from this movie. Like the, the, the ability for the shows to be about something else, but to take a problematic point of the films and integrate them and make them better. Yeah. That's what I want. That's what I want. Make this universe real for me in a way that the movies didn't. And I think there's, there's a history of them doing that and I have faith that they're going to continue to do it. Yeah, the one thing I'll say about that is with them expanding so much so quickly, that is going to be hard for them without someone. I mean, like, I don't know how they're plotting things, you know, but that is very hard to do, like, you know, because we've seen, like, for instance, like how the Berlanti series, like, uh, like plot things out and how they're like mistakes and like errors across all those shows, unless they get a Feige type character. And maybe that is Filoni or Favreau. One of them gets promoted into controlling all of it. But I, right now, I think they're just controlling the Mandalorian and, and somebody's got to be there to be like, oh, wait you can't do that because this show is doing this and this show is doing this. And I think that might be why we haven't seen that character from Solo because I think they still don't know what they're doing with any of the aftermath of that movie. And, and you know, it, 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 it's, it's important that somebody sits on top that's really strong from a narrative standpoint to make sure that since they are jumping around in time and doing things here that tap, take place but back in this time and doing things up here that take place in a different time, that they do make sure that everything sort of fits together or it's going to become a mess and so it'll be interesting to see how they handle that and i have faith why well, i bring that example up because obviously the boba fett show is not about han solo nor is it about is it cora kira kira anyway th it's not about her but you know oh, she could easily part become a crime part of family right. so you yeah. might have an episode where you run into her doing something out in the universe and expand on that storyline and make it something that makes the movie in retrospect better Right. Yeah, it'd be interesting if she were uh, in charge of the Crimson uh, Dawn, uh, and uh, and and of course you get to recast her, 
because you know it's for 40 years down the chute which uh which is an opportunity to bring in a cool uh actress uh you know some character actress that's that's really good you know that uh that could that could take on maybe a recurring role or something like that that'd be kind of fun uh to do i i i'd have to I'd be real surprised if they didn't mention it and, and maybe even some of the huts as well, because um, that was, that factored into, you know, um, that factored into the, the Clone Wars stories. I'd so. also be curious. I would not be surprised to see her or anybody in that, that whole syndicate show up in Ahsoka based on Ahsoka and Maul's interactions. <sighs> yeah yeah oh my goodness but this is what i'm this is the point i'm trying to make they have to make sure before they do any of that that they don't want to set any series in between that might kill a certain character uh, you get what i'm saying this is the oh, problem no. when you jump around in time you got to make sure that it all fits together and everything I have you know faith that they that they are taking care of this that there's yeah. somebody that is keeping track of every little bit of star wars media that they're doing and that is like okay so where are you planning to go with this one that's going to contradict so no don't write that episode I, I guarantee it's uh, it's Filoni and Favreau, uh, and probably Filoni and Favreau in that order. Considering because, how well they did with Clone Wars, like that Filoni did with Clone Wars and everything and, else. And that guy, that guy has more uh, Star Wars knowledge uh, stuffed into his his uh, little finger than than most people have in their whole body. I mean, he and he and Lucas are really simpatico. Uh, and uh, Lucas has has given him basically his tacit blessing for Filoni to to work on stuff. He gets it, and and more importantly, he goes back to what, as you said, seventy seven Lucas. So he gets right. back into that deep stuff, and I think that's that's why it works the way it does. No, no. I mean, we'll see. Because I mean, remember, it's 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 important to note that you know Feige is in charge of Marvel. Kathleen Kennedy is in charge of Star Wars, and she is not a person on the same creative level as Kevin Feige. So if she knows to do that or not, I am not sure. To make sure that things fit together and to have somebody in charge of the narrative side that's really strong or any of that, we don't know that. And we'll have to see as they expand outwards because they're expanding even faster than Marvel ever did. So I mean, so this close. is this is interesting to you know to see how they how they do this. No, we we don't know that specifically because we're not in the room. But right. I know one thing about Disney: they they do not miss an opportunity to pick up a nickel. They if they are they are keenly aware of how much money they generate in a way that uh, is, is down to the, down to the hundreds of dollars. Uh, those guys, they, they, they have, they, it's all part of a, a, a formula and, and they, they have it uh, lock, stock and barrel uh, under complete control. And so uh, from the, I guarantee from the merchandise sales and from the number of subscriptions that that joined Disney Plus in December and then or, or in uh, in in November and then you know canceled in January. They're keenly aware of all of that, and so um, it's very rare for them to make the, the kind of misstep that would be a step backwards. Um, you know, Feige had to be there because 
they weren't initially tied to Disney and Correct, he, yeah. he had to take the reins because they were, they had all these different properties in different studios and scattered. And so he was the one that, that had to kind of st- say, here's the, here's the through line. Disney didn't have that, but they do know uh, exactly how much they're worth. And so uh, this is what, you know, ordinarily, I would, this is, you know, they are a great Satan when it comes to dealing with, uh, when it comes to dealing with theaters, Mm -hmm. but they also, uh, they know what they're doing. And so I, so I, I trust them with that. And I think as long as, you know, and, and they're also very tied into, to, to the, uh, to the buzz. So as controversial as the sequels were, the exact opposite is true with Mandalorian right mm-hmm. uh, teapot tempests and and frog eggs notwithstanding uh the, the 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 bell curve is inverted in terms of like dislike you know yeah no no, no. I, I agree with that so but yeah i mean but yeah i i would hold up the 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 controversy of the sequels and the solo underperforming as an example that disney doesn't always perfectly execute everything you no, know but, so but, i mean but it's, that was before feloni got involved he, i mean sure. he, he's been working it's on fair. on clone wars you know i think realizing they've got this hit on their hand i'm sure the first thing that they said was uh we need you to come in for a meeting we want to find out what else you want to do i you know i'd be I mean, that's just how they work so you know uh, it'd be nice to be that you know jeez I'd, that's a good job to have uh when disney's oh, calling sure. you saying what other star wars shows do you want to do good lord <laughs> all right so um yeah i, I mean we, we've talked about it quite a bit but thoughts for either uh mandalorian season three or the boba fett series because that kind of you know directly spins off of this one so i think it it is fair to say that it is a sequel to this uh season of this show um so julia let's start with you what is what are what are things you would like to see in either mandalorian season three or boba fett in mandalorian season three i want to see more of mandalorian culture i want to see more interactions with bo katan I want to see what happens with the dark saber. I'd like to bring back, you know, and see what happens because I know that the armorer and other uh, of his group of Mandalorians did survive. I want to see some of that interaction come into play. I want to see Mando learn more and and go with what he has seen as his universe has expanded a bit. Mm -hmm. I want to see that. I want to even see if he's even accepted back into his culture because he's removed his helmet. Oh, that's gonna be big. So I don't know where it's going to take me. I love the fact that, you know, since I'm a big fan of the EU, I've always loved following other characters, you know, the tales of stories. Yeah. I, I have always loved this. And so Mandalorian has given me that following characters that aren't Skywalkers, but things brush in like, you know, everybody has in, in most Eisley Cantina was there for that one moment. And, but they all had their own stories that we all followed or I followed anyway. I don't know if anybody else followed them. So I'm, I'm curious to see where they want to go with it. And I am along for the ride. I do think that we'll get to see Grogu again in this season, in this series, simply because Mando is determined to see him. I'd be interested to see if Mando's the one that, you know, rescues, that takes him from the temple or if Grogu decides to leave and go back with Mando. Yeah. As for the, uh, the, tale, the book of Boba Fett, I don't care. You can just give me whatever you want. You can just give me Boba Fett sitting on Jabba's throne with Fennec sitting beside him getting drunk for at 16 hours and i will watch i would too, yeah. I would too. <laughs> i'm sorry i just boba fett, is, <laughs> boba fett has been my 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 
boys oh. since I was a kid. I always wanted to be Boba Fett. I always wanted to. Ooh, no, yeah, I, I have like I can't even tell you. I wrote fan fiction about Boba Fett. It's there. Thank you, <laughs> thank you for heart hands. <laughs> so I'm I I can't wait to see what that brings. I. I love the fact that we had Bib Fortuna in there for like all of three seconds and then oh. was dead. And the actor who played it was totally okay with that too. <laughs> but I, I want to see where we go because I also love the good crime story and the mafia story. And this is Boba Fett and Fennec. And I know he's not just going to be sitting around on a throne all the time because he's Boba Fett. He's going to take Slave One out and throw some more proton bombs out the back of that Slave One, just like I've played the X-Wing miniatures games. And now I got to see them on screen. It was amazing. Just, just like insert that in my vein right now okay so I, I thought it was hilarious when the extras they said like we got the guy back who played bib fortuna in episode one and i'm like i didn't even remember he was in episode one you know yeah. <laughs> the and then they scene. show like that tiny tiny scene that he's just there for like two seconds it's like oh that's kind of nice oh uh, the other thing we didn't mention during the show and i just have to bring up now because you're talking about boba fett's ship they actually showed how that works with how it lands and how it like goes up like this and it actually rotates on the inside but it's only the cargo like, hold it's only the cargo hold not the cockpit pit right it's That's so my, cool it's my favorite ship design of the entire star wars show Fire spray class. i just figured since artificial gravity was a thing in the star wars universe it didn't really matter that once you're ready to take off you just turn on the like artificial gravity but okay it rotates that's fine too so you know um so <laughs> angie uh, what about you what would you like to see at uh, mandalorian season three or uh, boba fett I would really like to see, um, I would like to see the type for Mandalore. Like I, I'm not entirely sure, convinced like Mark that the third season is going to be the last one, but I, yeah, I don't know that either. I, I suspect that we're going to have kind of uneasy truce between Mando and Bo-Katan um, for at least a chunk of the season. I, I was going to say for at least a whole episode. The entire next season. I, but I think, yeah, you have all these factions that they're basically going to be having to collect to back them in their claim for Because, I mean, you know, he doesn't want it, but he's totally going to end up being Mandalore at some point. Like, I will be very shocked if that doesn't actually end up happening. Not that I couldn't enjoy it, but I would be shocked. But I, you know, my first exposure to Mandalore was from Knights of the Old Republic. I would love to, if we could get some of the old school lore brought back in, I'm really excited for that. Um, other than that, like I, yeah, I'm along for the ride. Um, this season was not what I expected. Like you rightfully pointed out the things I enjoyed about season one, they turned on their head in season two and I didn't care. I loved the ride. So I, you know, surprise me or don't, either way, I'll be there watching. <laughs> so. All right, Mark. Yeah, um, everything that they said uh, with knobs on it. Uh, I I absolutely thought uh, that uh, um, I couldn't like Star Wars more than I did, and uh, uh, I I think probably the thing I'm most grateful for is that it absolutely reinvigorated my my love of that universe. Um, I, I was I, very pleasantly surprised, and I got to tell you uh after the after the year i had uh it was really nice uh to be able to go to the star wars universe uh for for eight uh fridays and 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 pretend like uh 
that was the only thing that mattered. And it, and it really did. It, 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 it was just fantastic. Uh, I love the fact that, um, the, that the series now has some of my favorite, uh, female badass actresses in it. Right. I mean, how cool is that? Um, and, uh, and, and Raylan Givens. I mean, so, uh, all of this is just, uh, uh, I, I, my 12 year old self, if you, if you describe the show to him, he would have said, that's cool, but that's never going to happen. They'll never do something like this. And that, and that, there's, that's why there's a sense of, I, of just, you know, my mouth hanging open every time I watch an episode, like, you gotta be kidding me that this they're doing what oh my god uh and and so i i just i love for what it's what it's done i'm I, i've probably consumed more star wars in the last uh three months than i have done in the last three years uh wow what a what a treat so um they can they they're they have my heart they have my sword they have my axe and uh and if if feloni wants it my hand in marriage uh so uh i'm good with all of that nice um yeah so for the mandalorian uh giancarlo esposito's got to get his mojo back we had him kind of defeated and cowed and on his knees you know, or not even on his knees i think on his back you know there at the end and i i want him to be able to get something back but you know it's going to be interesting i think it's going to come out of the uh factional fighting that we know is coming i, I thought it was interesting that angie said that the bo-katan and mando were gonna like have a truce maybe through most of the season i think it's gonna last like one episode before she's like it's mine i gotta fight you and do something like that and it's gonna be interesting how that all shakes out but what i really want to happen what I would love, and I don't know if they have the guts or the cojones to do this, but I'm hoping so with the people that they have, like creatively, I want to see this be the, with ultimate power corrupts, you know, uh, you know, ultimately, you know, like the, you know, that kind of a thing that when he becomes Mandalore, he becomes the villain. I want to see them do that and have the return. Cause I do think Gragu is going to return. I just don't think it's going to be next season. Cause that's too short. Like you can't just have him leave and then have him come back like in a couple episodes because that won't feel earned, right? But I think that maybe have that be what saves him in the end is Grogu coming back for him. I think that that would be interesting. And so I'd like <laughs> to see that as the journey that the character goes down. I would really love to see that kind of a, an arc, you know. Interesting. Um, but uh, for Boba Fett, yeah, bring in Crimson Dawn, bring in, bring in the stuff that like, so like, the first season of Mandalorian was more of a bounty hunter show. And, you know, that kind of went by the wayside this season as we were focusing more on getting Grogu back to the Jedi and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It was definitely more of an arc this time. Uh, but I want Boba Fett to do the stuff like we were in a prize fight in this season of Mandalorian. And we've never seen like being in the middle of a prize fight in, in a, in a yeah. Star Wars universe. That was cool. You know, I want to see more just like crazy locations, seedy underbellies. Give me the variety hour that I wanted Mandalorian to be. Because I think Mandalorian is going to become more plot centric, more about Mandalorian politics, more stuff that really like matters in a big way to the universe. And I want Boba Fett to become more of the 
let's do the variety show like here's just this weird crazy planet here's this weird situation here's the star wars version of something mundane in our you know universe but we've never seen it before you know so do that kind of stuff and i'd love for them to go there with that and with it being more of a, a show about the seedier underbelly and criminals and stuff like that I think that they can go to a lot of those places and do a lot of those things. And yeah. so that'd be interesting. So that's what I want out of that. I, I, I would say everything you've all said is absolutely correct. So, you know, uh, if they, if we, in fact, if they just want to put all that in a, in a hat and yeah. draw like four things out and say, okay, so the first three episodes is going to be this. And then the next three will be this. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, uh, as yeah, long as the droids aren't in it, as long as the droids, I don't want R two and three PO anywhere within a hundred parsecs of this. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. They're overplayed, but I mean, that's the thing. It's like I feel like, and I know I'm always the minority on this. I feel like seasons now in streaming services are too short. You know, because I feel like, like I feel like the lone wolf and cub aspect, uh, you know, like never got fully developed. Like I felt like we could have gotten another season or so out of that. I agree that the show needed to change eventually. I didn't think it needed to. After only sixteen episodes, and and with the first few of those not even being that way, I didn't really feel like we needed to jettison Grogu right now because I wanted to see more of that. Hmm. But the fact that we're, you know, if we're moving things forward, it's like, okay, well then let's move things forward. Um, uh, you know, but then make it, make it matter, you know, do, do yeah. something really spectacular next season um, that, that, you know, makes it worth it. So yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. Very good. Yeah. I got no complaints about that. All right. So um, let's say our goodbyes and let people know where they can find us online. So uh, Angie, as always, you get the first word on the goodbyes. <laughs> Goodbye. Please don't come looking for me on the next night. <laughs> I used to have Angie go like, you know, middle last, just random order. And she was always like, but I don't have anything to talk about like everybody else. So I'm like, you go first now when you're on a show. You can, you can say goodbye first. All right. Uh, so uh, Juliet, uh, why don't you say goodbye? Let people know where they can find you. Bye, guys. Uh, you can find me on Instagram as Rumi Elf, R-U-M-I-E-L-F, or on Twitter as the underscore visible underscore elf. And I am down to talk all things Star Wars. And if you just like want to just get into a love fest about Boba Fett with me, I am also very okay with that. I have an entire album of like pictures of me and my little Boba Fett figure and his adventures for like a year. Inclu he went everywhere. And had all the pictures. He even ended up in Jello thanks to an old coworker. Now, is this like an old action figure from like the '80s, or is this like no, a new um, one? Oh, okay. You have to understand that when I was a kid, uh, my uh, father at the time he was not uh, into science fiction or fantasy, and I wasn't allowed to watch it. So I actually didn't get to discover Star Wars, uh, even though I my mom saw Empire while she was pregnant with me. I didn't discover Star Wars until I was like 10 or 12. And at that point, those figures were not there. Yeah. But I did have the new figures. So I did have a, a Boba Fett that still travels with me, even if his little thing off his helmet has broken off long ago. Um, but anyway, so you can find me on Instagram and Twitter. And you can also find me uh, talking with Nathan about Doctor Who on our podcast called Time Streams. Yeah, I still have my 80s Star Wars figures that some are missing arms and my daughter just pulled off Lando's head and, you know... <laughs> 
this is the problem I have with letting my kids play with my old toys. But I mean, they're not like in pristine condition by any stretch, like the paint's coming off and all that stuff. But yeah, I still got like a dozen or so Star Wars figures from when I was a kid. And, you know, my kids, just like they have my Transformers and all my, you know, other stuff, because I was the last one to leave the house. So I just took all the toys with me. So, Uh, but anyway, uh, Mark, why don't you say goodbye and let people know where they can find you? uh great time great conversation it was really cool seeing everybody on zoom uh that was that was a a little bonus there okay so uh i podcast with the gentleman nerds you can find me at the gentleman nerds.com uh i'm on twitter at finswake uh i have two blogs confessions of a reformed rpg uh uh, rpg and uh the serious blog which is mark the aging hipster uh dot dot com. uh that's trigger warning it's me talking about my wife and and the cancer and stuff so that might not be what you want to want to read right now uh, uh also and you can find me uh online uh on the facebook uh if you just uh, do a search for mark finn and finally if you want to uh, check out the the dungeons and dragons stuff i've been doing uh with my uh fanzine monty hall uh those are available on drivethroughrpg.com all right awesome and mark juliet and angie thank you so much for being on the show thanks for having us loved it and that's it for our mandalorian episode the book of boba fett is about to air in late december and knowing that that's why i wanted to release this episode because even though mandalorian season three is still a ways away The Book of Boba Fett is kind of a sequel to this season also, so I was like, all right, I'll have this episode come out before that show, so that that way you get our thoughts on The Return of Boba Fett and all that kind of stuff. So, with all that being said, what did you think of the episode? Did you like it? Do you like our cast of Mandalorian watchers? Is there anything that you want from the show that you're not getting now? Let us know. There's a lot of different ways to do that. One way is to email us at everything at 42cast.com. Another way is to go to our Facebook at facebook.com slash 42cast. And of course, go to our website at 42cast.com and you can leave a message on any of the episodes there. You can also tweet to us or go to our Instagram at 42cast. You can also leave us reviews on Stitcher or Apple Podcasts. And as I've said before, with Apple Podcasts, if you leave a review there, it actually helps us because it makes it more likely for us to show up on searches. So if you haven't left a review on Apple Podcasts and you have an Apple ID, I would really appreciate if you just go down there, give us a review. Honest feedback. That's all I want. So you don't have to do anything special. Just give us the honest feedback and, you know, we'll use that to the best of our abilities also. So it'll help us help you enjoy the show better. (laughs) But the other thing I want to mention is ESO Network Patreon. That is where you can help all the shows on the network. If you have any spare funds, you can just look at patreon.com slash ESO Network. You can look at the different tiers. With some stuff, you get early episodes of some shows. You get exclusive episodes of some shows. And you get a whole exclusive ESO Network podcast with a particular tier. So just check all that out. We appreciate it if you can do anything. You can also follow me on two other podcasts. One is Time Streams, where Juliet and I are going through all of Doctor Who from the beginning. You don't have to buy the episodes to go along with us because we explain everything that happens. So if you just want our banter, if you just want to learn more about Doctor Who, you can listen to that show. But 
Also, if you do buy the content to watch with us, you'll definitely get more out of it. I just know it's hard to find classic Who stuff in the States, and I don't know what the situation is internationally, but, you know, I just want to put that out there, that that's not a requirement for the show. The other show is Legendary Forces, where Juliet and I again, but also with Ashley, Corinne, and Joe, we're going through all of Star Wars fictional media from the beginning. That's all the novels, comics, TV shows, movies, basically anything that takes place in the Star Wars universe. We're going through it from the beginning. We're rating it for its enjoyability, but we're also talking about the expanding notion of what Star Wars is. So, you know, we get into issues of canon and continuity and what's in, what's out, and what people are getting out of the source material, you know, the source material being the movies. What are people getting out of that when they do their spinoffs? You know, and how, how, what are, how are they taking what's, be, what's getting there? And how does that material, even if it becomes non-canon from a certain point, does any of that material get worked in in different ways, in different forms, into later media? So, anyway... If that interests you, check that out. That's Legendary Forces. By the time this airs, my con season will be done. I don't know what the con season is going to look like in 2022. I'm hoping that either FanFest, which is what Wizard World in Chicago is going to become. FanFest bought them out, so it's going to be FanFest Chicago. So either FanFest or C2E2 will happen and we'll have some good guests, so maybe I'll go to one of those. It'd be nice if I could get to Dragon Con, but that's kind of unlikely. I'll almost certainly go to Chicago TARDIS again in 2022. So we'll just keep an eye out for what I'm going to do. But at this point, I don't really know what, what's going to go on there. I do want to put in a note really quick. Beth and I are watching The Expanse. Man, that show just keeps on going from strength to strength. We're on season four right now. And it's just like every time you think that they've pushed everything to the rails, they find new rails to push on to. So I'm really enjoying that show. There's definitely going to be an episode. Now that the final season has released, Beth and I will just keep watching through, through to the final season. So we'll have the whole show under our belt, and then we'll do an episode talking about it. So look forward to that. All right, that's it for this week. Join us back next week when Gemma Chan will not be joining us. And until then, this is Nathan signing off. You have been listening to the 42 cast, copyright 2021. Got a question for the ultimate answer? Contact us at everything at 42cast.com. Theme music is Sharper Swords by Brandon Ellis. Check out more of his work at www.cityfires.com. The 42 cast is a proud member of the ESO network. has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.